Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. like stare at it all day and stare at your fantasy football team and and so i, I haven't done it in the last two years fantasy uh well fan the only thing i did with fantasy was a group of us that went to high school and junior high school together okay and we just stay in touch i mean we're friends from when we were kids and it was a good way for us to stay in touch so uh that's what we would do we're gonna bring out closer to you oh yeah whenever you're ready oh we're yeah. rolling yeah we're uh, rolling are we? Um, I just yeah just started. I'll f- I'll find a place to. I, don't, cut I in. usually don't. I usually don't tell people that we're rolling. Uh, you know that's when I do my videos. I've, I I like the sign that I know it's rolling, and then I'll start it when I've started, and that's that's where the whole and we're back comes from. That's right. that's mm-hmm. the start. Right. Well, the um, the way I usually do it here is we just start talking, because I get people's natural. Because this is more of a just yeah. an organic thing. There's no no list in front of me. There's no topics. No, no, no. I don't like. We're just talking. I don't like list. I don't like. But I'm telling you, we're wrong because I know you know what you're doing. Yeah. Well, so um, I know because you because when I usually tell people we're rolling, then they're like, oh, they stiff. Oh no. I yeah, but I know you're not going to do that. I know <laughs> you're not going to do that. I'm worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> My biggest thing was the difference between sitting back and sitting up. Yeah. Yeah. You're good. Uh, you're in if everywhere. I was, if we weren't rolling, I was leaning back when I'm. No, we're talking that I, you know, I'm in ready position. All right. Hey, what was the name? What was the, Sorry, I'm eating an apple. Go ahead, eat an apple. What was the name of that thing that Chip and or, um, Chip, Chip, our Skip and Art were talking about with the who who like eats the food, and like it's like a thing now. Did, oh, did you hear a- about this? ASMR. Just it's just. Well, there's videos. Sound. There's videos people of people watching like, video of people watching like people eating. Really. <laughs> Well, it's so funny. You never know. Like me, I'm always creating all kinds of content, and I never know what's going to take off. Right. So just a picture of somebody eating an apple could take off. Um, it's it For me, it's so amazing. I, I never know what it what it's going to take. Well, Skip Dana was, he was telling me, he was like, 
His, his kids watch it. My kids watch this shit. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's big now. Oh, it's kind of weird. No, you, well, you never know what the kids are gonna. <laughs> I mean, really, like I got on TikTok because of the kids. Um, because you never know when TikTok. TikTok is another social media platform. See, I don't know mm-hmm. any, any of this. See, so I, I really don't. I'm on 19 different I'm platforms. Such, I'm such, I'm, I rely on John for all this because I... <laughs> I want to know. I, <laughs> here's like, well, the thing. You can't do that. You can do that. You never know where a fisherman is watching their content. Right. So What is TikTok? TikTok is a uh, mini video platform. So your maximum allowed is 60 seconds. And... Uh, I'm used to that though. <laughs> I'm used to I'm I'm used to 27 and a half strokes. So. Welcome to Connected by Water, everybody. <laughs> we are here today with my good friend and everybody's good friend, Fly Navarro. We were with Connected by Water, presented by Joey Cardi, Crusher, Josh Deep, Ram Subaru. Can you say that three times? Really I can fast? now. I can now. Can you do it with the apple in your mouth? No. Okay. No. You know what I think the best thing, one not the best thing, but a really cool thing about you is the fact that you came in here into my home, sat down, and I didn't even need to ask you to put that hat on. It just went right <laughs> on your head. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I The first thing I'm like, oh, it's Christmas time. Yep. Let's put a Christmas hat on. Yep. We brought in some, some festive things today. We got our... Jingle bells. Our like jingle it. bells, right? And then... I, I like the studio. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Um, I feel like I'm on Mike and Mike. It's home. Yeah. You know, we tried to do it legit, but. I like it. And we want to have fun here. We want to relax and do it the right way. You know what I mean? I, we don't have a time limit, do we? We have no time limit whatsoever. That, that is awesome. I did a podcast two weeks ago in South Carolina, and there was a time limit. And once we hit the time limit, I look at him and I'm like, you don't have to pay, pay for extra airspace, do you? And they're like, no. I said, well, how about an extra 10 or 15 minutes? Mm-hmm. So they did. Uh, it's podcast. Talk podcast, as much as you yeah, want. Right. Yeah. So uh, I guess they were very structured. I'm not structured. We're not structured at all. I'm not a structured person. Uh, well, you know what? I say that. You're a structured person. I'm very structured, but I've learned to You're be... You're a fisherman. I've learned to be not structured in certain things, so... If you, if anybody that pays attention to my schedule, there's really no structure to it. You never know. I'm going to pop up wherever. Like I just got back 36 hours ago from right. Saudi Arabia. So you come back. So we were originally going to do this. We were going to Thursday. We were going to do Tuesday, but you were going to have some. I you was, wanted to come right off the plane from that flight to come. I was going to come. Uh, I landed. I'm like, at, please don't do that. I landed at 1:20, and I was going to come straight here. Yeah. And it worked out great because I ended up meeting uh, with the Shimano guys and. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so funny. Everybody's like, why aren't you asleep? Right. And I'm like, you know, we, cause you're the crazy Cuban. Exactly. We all have 24 hours in a day. So it's, what do you do with your 24 hours? And well, I'm not going to jump off the plane and go right into sleep. Right. You so, obviously have no children. I have no children. I'm not married. <laughs> I'm like 24 hours. Yeah. yeah. I have, I have 20 I get home. I get kicked in the nuts and I'm like done. No. Yeah. I, and it's so funny. Even when I get home, um, because I deal with so many people on different time zones, right. uh, I'm always dealing with something. So I wake up in the morning and everybody from Europe, Middle East is, that's who I'm dealing with when I wake up. Then 
everybody in the United States out to Hawaii. And then by mm-hmm. the time I get home, I'm dealing Hawaii, Japan, Australia. So there's really... Well, I can relate. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, just like like every night, it's like I get home and then it's like, okay, time to talk to Saeed or whatever. Yeah, yeah. talk yeah. to somebody. Yeah. You know, sure. I, I try not to, at night, I try not to talk to anybody. I'd rather just do text messages or well, WhatsApp yeah, messages. Well, yeah, for sure, yeah. I don't, care. I don't get on the phone. I, I don't. All, yeah, cause, because I'm very excitable. And at night, I have to wind down. It takes me a... <laughs> so I, uh, while I was in Saudi, uh, we were doing... How was that trip? It was awesome. That's the third it time fun. I've been there this third year. Third time? This year. And you were there for, what, like 10 days, right? No, this trip, I was there for one week. Oh, okay. Uh, we're putting together the first ever Saudi fishing club. So... Really? Yeah. And we've gotten... I flew over there. They asked me to do the pitch to the government and to a couple of... Uh, the government? Well, it was the government that had us put on the first ever tournament in July and mm-hmm. it was very successful. And I was allowed to invite uh, six international teams. Now we've increased it to 24 teams for the second year. And uh, in Saudi Arabia, in Saudi Arabia. All right. So correct me if I'm wrong. Is there a body of water there? There's actually two bodies of water. Okay, well, They are uh, one so, of them so, that we all know uh, right. is the Persian Gulf or the Arabian Gulf. It, it goes by right, either so, of them. See, my geography in the Middle East is a little off. I, my, I mean, obviously, I know Iraq. Okay. Well, so uh, and Kuwait. Okay, so they are on Sa- the Persian Gulf. They are on the eastern side of Saudi Arabia. That's right. Okay. I'm fishing right, on the right, western side, which is uh, the Red Sea. So um, geography lesson. Actually, this is a great trivia question. There's a lot of redfish in there? Uh, no, not a single redfish. Uh, but <laughs> the, the, the Red Sea has the second largest living reef in the world behind the Great Barrier Reef. Yeah, the Great Barrier Reef. 1,100 yeah. miles of living reef. So the water's crystal clear. Uh, I've fished both sides of it. I've fished in Egypt. I've fished in Saudi. Uh, you can run in 100 foot of water at 30 knots and still see the bottom crystal clear. What are you pulling up from there? Uh, giant trevallies, mm-hmm. dog tooth tuna. I catch sailfish. I, actually, we just... Uh, Is sailfish there? Oh, yeah, quite a few. And actually, the other day, the, the guy... Atlantic size or Pacific size? Uh, Indian Ocean size. Which is? Uh, the one we caught was probably about 12 pounds the other day. Uh, but the the cool part about yeah, it that's is pretty cool though. Well, yeah, no, I like well, seeing the mini ones. Well, what I the got cool, one of those on my wall. What the cool part was, uh, the guy that I've been doing the business with over there, uh, he wanted to learn how to kite fish. So I went over with all this kite stuff, and the only thing that I could not bring with me was live bait. So we had to catch live bait over there, and what we were using for live bait was like a mixture between a yellowtail snapper and like a blue runner. You know, was it scaly? Very. Really? It was scaly. That's weird. So, and we caught him with a... Did you bridle him? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I brought all the equipment. I brought all the equipment. We bridled him up. It was only one kite. We didn't put out a full spread. It was just uh, one kite, two baits, um, using spinning rods. And they're like, well, how do you know when you get a bite? Can you see the fish? I'm like, yeah, but the floats are there so you can see when you're getting a bite. And sure enough, there goes the float. And it's like, man, you're getting a bite. And... Next thing you know, he hooked, you know, he wound tight on it, and next thing you know, here he is up jumping. So he caught what I I don't know if anybody else has kite fished over there. You went know, fourteen for seventeen on twelve pound sales. No, we went one for one, <laughs> <laughs> but we only fished a couple hours. Uh, unfortunately, this trip was that's cool though, man. Yeah, it was way cool. What I really wanted to see about a hundred pound dog tooth tuna come up and eat yeah, something yeah, yeah. that would have been cool. Yeah. Um, 
but I spent we spent more time in the <clears throat> office crunching numbers sure. to see so if we're there can, for business. Yeah, yeah. See if we can make this fishing club operational and mm-hmm. not just in in the region, but also internationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giant Trevally's Dog Tooth Tuna. There's a huge market for it uh, throughout the Indian Ocean and Pacific. So and Saudi's never been open to tourism. Mm-hmm. So they're working on that. Uh, they just opened it up uh, September 27th, 2019. Wow. So if you want to go to Saudi Arabia, all you have to do is jump online, fill out uh, your e-visa, and instantaneously— You're talking to the crowd, right? Because I'm talking to the crowd. Because you're not, because if I'm going to Saudi Arabia, it's going to be with you. Oh, no, no, that's fine. I'm, I'm, not, yeah, I'm like, hey. Well, it's so funny because I, I, I know the crowd is here. Yeah. I know the crowd is listening. So right. if you want to go to Saudi— uh, all you have to do is jump online and apply for the visa, and, and you get it. And um, this year they're having their second PGA uh, event. Uh, they have a lot of racing events, mm-hmm. uh, both cars they have and boats. a lot boats. of racing events there, don't yeah, they? Yeah, it's yeah. really big over there. Yeah. So uh, the government is trying to increase tourism to equal 10% of GDP. When you think of what their GDP is with, yeah. with oil, uh, 10% is a lot. Yeah. So that's by 2020. Where do you think they're going to get most of their tourism from? Off the top of my China? head, no. I think it's going to be Europe. Yeah. I think it's going to be Europe and the Middle East. Yeah. Uh, China's probably big now. I do a lot of traveling, as right. I know you know. I don't know if everybody else knows, but uh, I'm probably on the road 200 days a year. Yeah, I know. I know I average about somewhere between 125 to 150,000 miles a year. Um. And I would say most places I go to, uh, tourism, I see a lot of Chinese traveling. It's, it's a huge market. Yeah. Uh, last year for Christmas, I went to, uh, Norway. I wanted to see the Northern Lights. It's, it was one of my bucket list nice. things. So did we see Elsa and Anna there. What's that? <laughs> see, did you see Elsa and Anna there? No. Sorry. I'm like, I'm, I have a no, six year old and, and an eight year old at home. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm like, so like locked in the frozen. Yeah. Oh, no, no. See, I don't. Yeah, I know. Uh, it was. I Why don't, don't Pinocchio? I know Pinocchio. Snow White. Bambi. Yeah. You got to go 70s, man. Yeah. All these. Actually, that's not true. You know what? I watched uh, three times going over to Saudi and back Lion King. The, the real, new one? The real the new one. one. I, 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 went to the, I, I went to the movie theaters and watched it. Is it good? Oh, if you saw the first one, yeah, it's. It, I mean, we it's, own the first one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I got two little. You kids. own the first one, like the the on the Amazon. No, well, easy trigger. It's all Amazon Prime now. Easy. Tr- you're <laughs> painting why? Because yeah. I own all the Disney. Yeah. I'm like, wow, you're yeah. on the right. Yeah. yeah, that's that's mailbox money, man. Every mm-hmm. time somebody watches it, you get a quarter. I was listening to some article on um with Tim Allen. I think it was Paul Casanova was interviewing him. Uh-huh. And he's like, well, of all your things in your career, like what's been the most like surprising thing that you've ever come across? And he goes, honestly, mailbox, toy man. story. Oh, okay. He goes, cause when he signed on on for that, it was like the first full length um, computer animated film ever. Right. And they signed on on it. And he's like, you know, rather than take money for it, I'm just going to take a percentage for this or whatever like that. Because it was like a, whatever budget at the time. He's still getting checks for that. Like to this day, mailbox money is yeah. great, and he says that's been the most lucrative thing he's ever done in his entire career. Yeah, that's crazy. There, that's why there's so many times. Uh, a lot of things I do, I don't ever want to get paid. Mm-hmm. I rather I structure it in a different way. 
Um, creating content and yeah, yeah creating pushing, everything, creating everything. Uh, how much is it? It's not going to cost you a dime, but this is how I want to structure it. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, when people ask me, I create content, right? I but only in the fishing world mm -hmm. now with all the social media stuff, it, it's a recipe. Once you know how to make an apple pie, you can make a cherry pie. You can make a peach pie. It don't really matter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a friend of mine. Uh, she's a realtor. And I'm like, you know, this is what I would do if I was a realtor. So now she's used some of the social media stuff I've done. And I just saw she had three closings this week and nice. got two listings this week alone. And it's just using the tools that are out there mm -hmm. to, to promote yourself or promote your business. And, uh, I mean, I use it every day. People always wonder, oh, who's sponsoring you? And it's like, eh, I deal with a couple of companies, mm -hmm. but that's not my ultimate goal. My ultimate goal is to reach as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. That's my ultimate goal. And you're doing a great job at it. Yeah. I, yeah. I enjoy it. I really, I, I get like a thrill out of talking to people about our sport. Yeah. Um, well, see, that's the thing too. It's like, you've always naturally just been that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's a really kind of, this is just what you're doing now is just an extension of yourself. Exactly. You know I, I mean? I that's why we wanted to start this show too, is because I just always love just hanging out and talking to people just about, not only just about fishing, but also just about the life and just, you know, I enjoy my friends and, you know, and you, you know, you drove out here. We're closer to the Everglades than we are the ocean. And it's a little bit of a hike to get here. So usually when people come out to the studio to visit me, they wanted to get their money's worth. Yeah. Like, oh, I drove all the way the hell out here. I'm going to talk to him for like an well, hour. Here's the like, funny. I might as well put some mics in front of us. Though. Here's the funny part is I don't consider this all the way out here because I, I'm driving from up north. So you're, you're just south. Well, that's true. Yeah. You're yeah. just south. You're not out west. You're south. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so it really, it's, it's no difference. But I will say at first I was thinking, oh, I'll go visit somebody while I'm down here. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait a second. That's towards the beach. Yeah. I don't know if I, I mean, as much as I like traveling once I'm home, I don't go very far. Yeah. I mean, I go to my office, um, literally, um, my office is 45 minutes from my house and, uh, like I landed, I went home, I slept, I got up and I went to the office and there's times that people are like, what are you doing? Why don't you sleep in? I'm like, what am I going to do if mm -hmm. I'm just, uh, even yesterday, uh, I was at the office until 12.30, 1 o'clock, and I hit a wall. Just jet lag killed me. Oh, really? I mean, I just hit a wall, and I couldn't even think straight. See, that's what I thought was going to happen on the podcast if you came in here on Tuesday. Just I was in mid-conversation. Like, I was, well, you, you wouldn't know it. Nobody on the radio would know it. I would know it. Mm -hmm. uh, and that it's, would suck. Yeah, I, when I know it, yeah. when I'm tired, um, yeah. I know it like uh, I, when I see my videos, if I know something happened while we were shooting videos, um, I'm very emotional. Uh, I mean, well, when I shoot, well, it's not just when I shoot videos, when I'm fishing, when I'm doing anything, uh, I do it because I have fun. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not having fun, then I know it. Most people can't. I can fake it, uh, but I don't like faking it. So I just Are you did faking it now. Uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, but I, I will tell you this, because I had so much coffee this morning, my mm -hmm. Cuban coffee that I normally do, I'm still just, I haven't even peaked yet, and it's still climbing. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah. Everything. Yeah, yeah. I'm, oh. I'm zinging now, dude. We're in luck. Oh my god. You. I mean, right now this is the uh, the peak of the crazy Cuban. Because this he is gave me Cuban this thing. Coffee. He gave me this colada thing one time before we came on <laughs> when when Steve Doherty was on. Uh huh. Right. And I'm like, what is this? It was like that much. That like just sip it. Oh no no. Well, see those little things. When I make yeah. my, I make the whole pot, mm-hmm. and then I mix it with a little milk, cafe con leche, yeah. right? And I drink the whole thing. Yeah, I, did, I drank the whole thing during the podcast. Yeah, but not a little thing, the whole pot. Oh, the I whole drink thing? the whole thing every you morning. With you. Uh, you know, it's so funny. I, so we talk about structure, not structure earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, when I do all this traveling, one of the things I've learned is I have to be very flexible. Right. Uh, because different time zone, different people, different everything. And I was so used to being on a boat where we leave the dock at 6. By uh, 8 o'clock, I start feeding everybody. By nine, I'm doing the laundry. By eleven, I start. Lunch. Everything was so structured, and then once you start traveling, I can't be as structured. Mm-hmm. But there's two things that I need to have, and one of them is my Cuban coffee in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I take my Cuban coffee pot with me everywhere <laughs> really? I go. Yeah, the pot. The yeah, and I have it. Uh, it's an electric one. That's so great. like, if I'm staying in a hotel. I can plug it in. I have Cuban po- coffee everywhere a, I go. You know that, that Cuban song? Dun, 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 I get that like that song in my head. There's a lot of Cuban songs. There's a lot of them. Yeah, do it again. Kind of reminds me of my grandmother. Sorry, go ahead. So you keep this coffee pot in your head. No, no, in my bag. Everywhere I go. And the other thing is my iPad. Because at night, I always fall asleep. Watching the show House, I have since two, House, yeah, since like two thousand and seven. Really? Yeah, I just have tons of. So episodes. you're watching reruns then? Oh yeah, it's the same thing. I only last for about. Again, it oh, goes. Yeah, that's that's your shut off. That's, that's my shut off show. Yeah yeah, 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 I have one of those too. So I put it in the bed next to me, and um, I listen to maybe ten minutes, and I fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And those are the only two things that are constant, no matter what. Yeah, the coffee. And house. You want to know what I, what my automatic go to is at night when I can't sleep and just something because I have to watch TV to fall asleep. Yeah, it's just how it is. I'll put on like old World War II documentaries. World War II. And the reason is this: is if you ever notice the narrators for those are always, they always have this like soothing kind of voice, like the way they tell the story because it's not like a happy good looking thing, you know. And then the, and then the Battle of the Bulge, and then Hitler came, and the tanks came. Okay, so if we're going to talk about World War Two, what about the fact that they're reintroducing the movie Midway? Oh yeah, I am I so that. looking. Forward I saw that. To that was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. So what? So I had never seen it till about five years ago. Oh really? I was fishing. My brother and I used to watch it all the time, then sit in cardboard boxes afterwards. Pretend you were in the plane. Yep, and design the sides and the little things. So are you familiar with Flash Clark? Captain Ross Clark. Flash? So uh, you're still eating. eating. (laughs) When he starts taking down one of these swordfish bills, I'm going to go live on Facebook (laughs) for that one. We're we're double creating content. Absolutely. (laughs) If you eat one of these bills, I'm so going live. Um, So I was... (laughs) <laughs> Here he goes. You're eat, I can't. I'm really going to eat that. Uh, well, if you're going to put start, it in my mouth, but I'm not going to uh, eat it. I hope you get videos of that one. <laughs> uh, so I was fishing a tournament with Flash. Now, mind you, I've known, I've known about Flash since I was in 
junior high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was uh, he used to work for Ronnie Hamlin when they first took the Marauder to Venezuela. Mm-hmm. He first worked for Tim Choate in Costa Rica and Guatemala. I mean, he really was an innovator of his time. That's a good resume. And uh, he's in his 60s. He's like 63 now. So I fished a tournament with him in, uh, in Stewart, fished the light tackle with him. I was the tower guy, but he'd run the boat from the tower. And mind you, I was just to watch the dredges. So as we're doing our tacks, every time we get ready to go up sea, he goes, going to turn the hornet into the wind. So after about the third time, I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you never seen the movie Midway? And I'm like, no. He's like, well, the hornet was the aircraft carrier, and you couldn't take off unless it was pointed into the wind. Mm -hmm. So uh, every time he'd get ready to go up sea tack, I'm going to turn the hornet into the wind. So he's like, you got to... You got to watch it. Yeah. So actually, while I was up in the tower, when I was able to get some signal, I got on Amazon and I bought it. I bought the DVD. And oh, nice. by the time the tournament was over, it was at my front door. Yeah, I'm, I definitely fall into that instant gratification guy. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I actually I actually should probably go back and rewatch it. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Yeah, you should. You, know, you forget a lot of that stuff. And then now that, especially with the new one coming out, mm-hmm. oh, I would absolutely do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the cool thing, that's actually one of the cool things about working for the Mint now is, like, I'm working on these projects for things like that. That's all I can say about it. But, you know, oh, shh. Yeah. But, right. hey, you know what? Hmm. I can tell you, but then I'm going to have to kill you. Right. No, 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 I, I get it. This is so CIA. Well, I certainly can't broadcast it across the Internet. No. But hey, I just realized you're wearing Grundens. I wore this for you today. Did you really? I did. Did you see the flannel? Yeah. This is, like, their new line. Yeah. Uh, so, um I don't. Uh, so tell Grundens to show me some love. For, uh, for, I'm going to take a for, selfie. For, for yeah, wearing absolutely. This for you today. Absolutely. And it's so f- funny. I was waiting for you to notice that. Yeah. Well, you know, it took me a second. I'm still zinging. Yeah. I'm there you s- go. It's. I'm just starting to notice a couple of things. I'm <laughs> noticing uh, the cup with the logo on the back. I'm mm-hmm. more just trying to make sure I don't mumble and. Uh, You're doing fantastic. Oh, I ain't worried about me talking. It's just Come fly with me. <laughs> oh, so let me tell you a story. You seen that movie? Catch me if you can. Uh huh. So coming back from Saudi, I had a layover in New York City. Uh, I got in at whatever eleven o'clock, and then my next morning flight was seven. So I stayed at the TWA airport. Come on. Yeah. So uh, it was so weird because it's. It's completely brand new. It's completely renovated. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it, it's like, I'm in an old hotel. I mean, really, really old. But you look at everything, and everything is brand spanking new. So they gave it that retro well, style? Well, it's, it's called the TWA Hotel. And um, it has all the red carpets. It has a, an old plane Where is out this back. At? In uh, JFK Airport. Really? I just didn't want to leave the airport. I knew I was only there for a couple hours. I mean, yeah. I slept maybe four and a half, five hours. Uh, but you walk in and uh, you have martini shaker. I mean, mm-hmm. you really feel like you're in a 1960s or 70s hotel. I, I want to go there now just to go there. You should. Wear a suit. Yeah, it was pretty good. Well, and it's so funny because I'm so used to flying into airports uh, or hotels and airports, spend the night, it's quiet. Uh, this place had a bar. Uh, it's like midnight and it's packed. People are just hanging out, talking, telling stories. Really? Yeah. See, I never fly into JFK. So you went there because you were going international, I, right? I don't. I, I only flew because I was flying through. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to go to New York, I usually fly into LaGuardia. So we usually go to Newark because 
because um, my wife's family's in northern New Jersey. Okay. So it's either LaGuardia or Newark, depending. If we have to go out of LaGuardia, we have to. But yeah. usually we prefer to go to Newark, but we never go out of JFK. So my brother lives in Queens. I usually fly in and out of Newark. Um, LaGuardia. LaGuardia. Yeah, for sure. Uh, JFK. So um, I'm, when I do go to Saudi, I've learned when I go anywhere, mm-hmm. uh, I know exactly what plane I want. I know what seat I want on that plane. Well, you're a seasoned traveler. You're yeah. Yeah. For sure. So uh, when I go to uh, Saudi, I always fly out of Boston mm-hmm. because it's the only. Well, JFK and Boston have the only early morning flights to London, which. Gets me there, gives me a three-hour layover, and then I can jump on the next plane and, and be in Saudi. So I always fly up to Boston, spend the night, and then go over. And the reason I go to Boston over JFK, JFK flies a 747, and uh, Boston flies a 777. The seats are more comfortable. So In the 777. In the 777. It's yeah. a new plane. The, the 747s are 30-something years old. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. I, And I know exactly which seat I want. <sighs> Yeah, I'm, there's not many. Listen, I have slept. Do they on let you bring your little coffee pot? With no, you? no, no. I actually, I try to stay off the caffeine when I'm on the plane so I can sleep. How long is? See, I can't ever sleep on a plane. Oh my god! I can't sleep on a plane. I can't sleep in a car. That's always been a thing with me. I just can't do it. I can't sleep in a car, but I can sleep on a plane. Yeah, I don't know. I can sleep on a plane. One but, time in my life, I slept on a plane. Yeah. Red eye back from Vegas after the trip was over. Oh. I was done. You know, I like, yeah, I don't care where I am in the world. I'm, I'm passing I, out. But I love that was red the eyes. only time I've ever slept on a plane. I, uh, How long is that flight from London to Saudi? Uh, seven hours, That's six and bad. a half. It's no, not it's, it's it's not bad at all. Yeah, nice. It's not bad at all. So, uh, going from Boston to London is That's, seven. That's about seven too. Yeah. Yeah, but now coming back is eight and a half because you got to fight the jet stream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but going. Um, and it, it gives me just enough time to go to the lounge, take a shower, change my clothes. Cause usually I like to fly in shorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I fly into Saudi, I like to wear pants. It's, you know, just traditional and, sure. uh, just being respectful. So I, you know, take a shower, change, eat something and then jump on the plane and, mm-hmm. uh, try to get some sleep. Cause I, you land, it's like seven o'clock in the morning. Sun's just coming up Yeah, and they're ready to start their day. So I got to kind of. Get ready to start running. Nice. So, so you had a good trip then. Oh, it was a great trip. Yeah. I love going over there. And now you have um, what about the other tournament you just announced last week? Chub Key, Chub, yeah. You know? <laughs> um, it's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, give us I, some details on that. So, Chub Key, it's very similar to. So, I have several kinds of tournaments. I or two different kinds. I got traditional tournaments, mm-hmm. and then I have uh, these cyber tournaments. Uh, like the World Cup, which has right. been going on for 36 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took it over five years ago, and it was the first ever cyber tournament before there was the Internet. So, um, and I love those because I can connect a lot of people. Yeah. And that's when I started uh, um, the Swordfish Tournament, mm-hmm. uh, a worldwide swordfish tournament as well. I use the same premise, except uh, sword fishing has become quite popular around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, again, I just want to con- uh, connect, uh, the other kind of fishermen. There's only so many, uh, blue marlin fishermen in the world. I mean, it's, it's a very, it's a 1% of 1%. It's a specialized skill. It's not a cheap sport. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, where sword fishing, it kind of incorporates a lot of people mm-hmm. and I made it a very simple, just go out and catch <clears throat> something. 
So I did that. And then uh, the other tournaments I have are the traditional kind, the, the ones with the tents and everybody comes together. Um, I'm not really big on the social side. Uh, I, uh, part of... What do you mean? So... Um, a big money maker and a big for the sponsors and all that is uh, the food, the tents, the entertainment, and all that. I'm a fisherman. Mm-hmm. I just like to put together the fishing side of it. Uh, I'm not looking to put together the tents and all that. So what what I've always done is I've partnered up with locations. Uh, my first one I did was Casa de Campo in Dominican Republic, where they just want to promote their location. So they take care of the whole social side. They take care of all the parties. They take care of the food. With, you know, with my uh, overseeing, it's, you know, it's like by committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do I think? But my specialty is the fishing. It's promoting in the fishing world, and it's dealing with the fishermen. Um, don't ask me what color napkins should we have at the dinner table. That's well, just, that's not your deal. Yeah, it's just yeah, not my deal. Not deal. And, and I know it. And I know a lot of tournaments because they encompass the whole thing, so they can make money on the whole thing. Uh, it's not my goal. My goal is just to make sure people have a good time and get a lot of content. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's where I'm creating content every day. This gives me the opportunity to create content with 50 people or a hundred people. So Chub Key was the same thing. Uh, they have an, they're under new ownership mm-hmm. and they tried to start a tournament last year and it wasn't very successful. And then one of the members uh, said, why don't you call fly? And so they reached out to me and I talked to him and I talked to him at the boat show and um, everything we got 90% of the way through and then their general manager, uh, we talked a little bit over the phone. He's like, well, listen, I'll be in Florida in a couple of weeks. I'm like, man, I don't have a couple of weeks. Right. My schedule doesn't allow me to do that. I have like right now. And he's like, well, I'm not going to be there. I says, are you going to be in Chubb? He's like, yeah. I says, I'll see you there on Monday. And he's like, you're going to come over here? I'm like, well, if you tell me what airlines fly over there, well, long story short, I couldn't fly over there without making it a week-long trip. Right. It, there's nothing scheduled. So Where'd you have to fly into for that? Right March? into Chubb. No, no. Right into Chubb. They have they a have, strip there? They, they have a strip there, yeah. So I, f- I chartered a plane from North County Airport in okay. Palm Beach County, and we flew right into Chubb. I went. I had a meeting with the guy. We finalized a couple of things, and um, I split the charter with somebody. We had to stop off in... Um, in Bimini. Uh, and it was, it was quite ironic because as we were coming back, we landed in Bimini and picked up, uh, these three ladies in Bimini that had spent, Oh yeah. I was like, the guy asked me, he goes, do you mind uh, if we pick and up all these? of a sudden the podcast took a turn and then my voice <laughs> deepened down and said, hello ladies, how you doing? Come fly <laughs> with me. So, um, so we land, we land in Bimini, we pick up these ladies and, we have to clear in uh, PBI. Mm-hmm. We can't go back to North County. We have to clear in PBI. So as we land, I hear the ladies talking, and uh, I'm like, you know, I'm Cuban, so English is my second language. So I say something in Spanish to them. I'm like, where are you guys from? And they're like, oh, we're Brazilian. So we, they're talking Portuguese. I'm talking Spanish back and forth. They're like, they asked me, what were you doing in, in Chubb? And I says, well, you know, the marina has asked me to put on an event and promote it, so on and so forth. And she's like, you know, my cousin owns Bimini Sands. Would you be interested in helping him promote his uh, spot? I'm like, sure, why not? Let's do it. 
you know. Uh, again, it's um, it's fishing. It's it's boat related. It's mm-hmm. water related. That's that's really by water, man. Yeah, that's all I care about. Yeah. I mean, for me, I never look. I, I'm never looking for something close to home. I'm always looking for those adventures. Hey, let's go put on a tournament in Saudi Arabia. Right. All right, let's go put a tournament because I love the adventures. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot harder. It is, you know, it's it's way way harder. Uh, but I like it. It's it's a challenge, and it, and it gets me a, a chance to meet new people. You know, and you've been working in this business for a long time. Yeah. You know, and you've been a, a captain of. You had a very good position for a long time on the real tight. And um, working for the Lambert family and, um, you know. Totally changed my life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and then, but, you, you know, you've kind of seen done it all. And so it, it makes sense to me, knowing your personality and knowing who you are, that you would go, you know, a, a step and a scope beyond all of this and, you know, try to branch out and, you know, I, I'm, be somewhat of a pioneer. In it. I, I want to introduce, so I had a. A boat builder. You went to Japan, too. Uh, I went to Japan in 16. I'm going back to Japan in February. So I was just talking Take to somebody. Why don't you? I, I, I've invited. How long are we going to go for? So I'm going to. You don't have to stay with me the whole time, but I'm going to be gone. Trying to get rid of me already? Fi- I'm going to be gone <laughs> for five weeks. I don't think your wife is going to let you be gone she for five weeks. She would be very weeks. upset with me. So I am flying from uh, here. My best friends live in the Philippines. You could probably hop over. And visit well, it's funny because I'm also in that trip. I'm going to Guam. Really? So I'm going from Florida to Japan. And I reached out to one of my friends uh, that I know in Japan. Super nice guy. He's a lure builder over there. And speaks no English, only Japanese. I went fishing with him while I was over there last time. Joe Uzuri? No, 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 no. Oh. Uh, 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 Kenton is his name. Oh, I, th- okay. I think I know who you're talking about. And uh, so I reached out to him. Hey, I'm going to be there in February for this fishing show. Um, and he's like, oh, what are the dates? He goes, can you come to Tokyo? I said, actually, I'm flying into Tokyo, and then I'm going to go down to Osaka. And he's like, I'm going to pick you up. We're going to go fishing. I'm like, okay, cool. And he's like, uh, what day do you get here? So I told him, I said, I have four days before I'm leaving um, before any, I have to do anything. I got there with plenty of time. He says, I'm going to pick you up from the airport. We're going to drive 200 miles and I'm going to take you fishing. And I'm like, okay, cool. It's their winter time. It's going to be cold. I, I see what they're doing now. It's, it's, so you flew into Osaka. Uh, no, I'm going to fly into Tokyo and then I'm going to go fishing with him. I'm going to go to Osaka and then I'm flying to Beijing. Uh, there's a fishing trade show in Beijing. I got invited to last year. So Last year, I was fishing the Great Barrier Reef. I wake up one morning, and I have a message on my Facebook, uh, on, my, on my fan page, my work page, not my personal. And it says, uh, Dear Mr. Fly, uh, we would be interested. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> say what you got to say. That's it. I'm good. You sure? I'm good. Okay. So, I'm Dear good. Mr. Fly, uh, we would like to know if you'd be interested in coming to speak at the Boao uh, tourism forum in Hanan, China. And I'm like, all right, so who's playing a joke on me? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, tell me a little bit about what this is about. And they're like, okay, so this is put on, uh, simultaneously with the university of China and, uh, the Chinese government on tourism, worldwide tourism. And they said, we would like for you to come and speak on how you use social media to promote fishing and tourism. I'm like, all right, cool, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. So I call my girlfriend up 
self-service isn't the best on, uh, on the Great Barrier Reef. It comes and goes. And um, so I, I, I get a hold of her. I'm like, hey, you're not going to believe this, but I just, you know, I just got invited to go to China and speak. And um, I've already, by the time my, my trip on the Great Barrier Reef is over, it's going to be like six weeks. And most of my trips are two to four weeks. Mm-hmm. This was going to be a little bit longer. And my girlfriend's like the biggest supporter of what I do. She sees the passion. She, yeah, she's great. It's awesome. So she goes, uh, and you told him yes, right? I said, well, I wanted to talk to you first just to let you know I'm extending my trip an extra 10 days. You told them yes, right? I says, absolutely, I told them yes. I just wanted to kind of, you know, yeah. feel it out first. Yeah. I just wanted and to make it seem like I, to you yeah. that I didn't tell them yes. And she's yet. like, you better have told them. So yeah. um, I fly from Cairns to Hong Kong because, uh, number one, it was a direct flight. But number two, being that I was on the reef, um, all I had was fishing clothes. I had no clothes to go speak in front of all these dignitaries. Mm -hmm. So uh, I had read somewhere that Hong Kong is famous for their tailors. So yeah, I I heard that too. So I go to Hong Kong, I Google a couple spots and I go to a tailor. I get three shirts, a couple pants, a suit. I mean, fit to a T they say, they say every man should have at least one tailored suit. Mm -hmm. That's just a saying. Mm Mm-hmm. Do it. I have one. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so I get my my clothes. I was in Hong Kong for four days, which is kind of like a mini New York City on steroids. Uh, and it was great. I spent Thanksgiving there. Uh, I had Thai food for Thanksgiving. It was yeah. great. The last two years, I've missed Thanksgiving. Yeah, like the duck from Christmas Story. Just no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! It's the head. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want head? No. <laughs> Mr. Fry. <laughs> Mr. Fry. Uh, so uh, I, I go in there and I, I speak uh, at this forum uh, about how I use um, social media to promote fishing and promote tourism. I end up meeting the governor from Saipan, uh, one of the ambassadors from Micronesia, who's based out of Beijing, who I've already called to let him know I'm going to be in Beijing for this fishing show. And he's like, oh, let me know. I'll pick you up from the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, so right after that trip, I get, I don't know, six weeks after I get the invite to come to China fish, which is their biggest, uh, fishing trade show, but I couldn't do it. I just, uh, between, uh, some commitments I had with the billfish foundation and my trip to the Seychelles, I just, I couldn't do it. And I tried, I was Mm going to fly over there for two days and fly back and it just wasn't going to happen. So this year I plan for it. So I go to Os- from Osaka to Beijing. I'm in Beijing for for a week. Uh, the trade shows three days, and then I take the red eye from Beijing back to Osaka, and I have a three day fishing show in Osaka. And there's a group uh, from Guam that's there that took part in my uh, tournament in Saudi. So they've invited me to go to Guam and talk with their board of tourism about how to promote fishing in Guam. So I'm going to do that for a week. And uh, worldwide, you know, when I hear this story, when I hear you tell these stories, uh-huh. right, you know, that little drawing I did of you. Crazy, oh, my God. I Cuban, love right? that drawing. The little yeah. thing, right. Okay. Yeah. So when I hear you tell these stories, you know how like in the Indiana Jones movies, when he flies to this place, and you see the little plane in the map and like, yeah. all over like that, and like that. I imagine like that crazy Cuban cartoon, like on the plane, on the map, you know, he was just bouncing around the world. 
it's so funny because I, um, you've known me for, I don't even know how long it is you've known me. You've, you've known me long enough that, yeah. you know, I just, I just like to go fishing. I don't think right. nothing of it. Right. I don't think nothing of the fact I wake up one day and I'm in Saudi. I wake up the next day, I'm in Guam. I would have never, at, if I was 10 years old and told you, hey, I'm going to do this, I would have never guessed it. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I set out on a plan to do it. Uh, the only plan uh, that I really have thought of is I try never to say no. If somebody right. said, hey, can you do this? Yes, ma'am. Exactly. Um, I Time and time again, uh, I'm a firm believer. I think Richard Branson said something. If somebody offers you to do something, you say yes, and you figure out how to do it later. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I do. Um, you know, the um, I think who someone, one of the fishermen or captains in this area, maybe might have been um, bouncer, something if someone ever asks you to go fishing, always say yes. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You I can't no. do that technically because of this place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it seems like a habit of mine lately with the way things have been around here. I'm saying no to fishing more than I'm saying yes. It, well, unfortunately. The, you know what you, I mean? The, but, the principal word you just used was habit. Yeah. You, you create yeah. a habit. If, if you say no, you're going to create a habit of it. Mm-hmm. If you say yes, you create a habit of it. And sooner or later, you, uh, and because we know this industry, how rumors spread, mm-hmm. um, slowly but surely, when people realize that you always say yes or when you have an issue and you always help somebody, um, it's habit forming and people always look out for you. Or, right. you know, they, you know, hey, I'm having a problem. This is a person I. Let's call them. Mm-hmm. Um, I just recently signed contract with National Marine Fisheries. They were implementing a new law, and they didn't know how to get it out to the people. So somebody on their council says, "Why don't you call Fly? He has the best way of con- you know connecting with people." And so they called me up. And they're like, "Listen, we got this new amendment that's going to pass, but we don't know how to get it out to the people." And I don't know where I was. I think I was, oh, I was in Canada. I was in Nova Scotia, giant tuna fishing, uh, right next to Andy. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, I saw you had Andy here last week. I'm going to do that with him next year. You should. It's awesome. It's, um, no, I'm, I'm definitely going to do it with him. Yeah. I, I, I I of all the people I could go with, you know what I mean? Yeah. The only person better would be me. No, 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 no. That wouldn't be bad to go with, you know, I would love to go with you too. I I have opportunities in front of me. That's what I'm saying that I shouldn't pass up. I've, I've known Andy probably since I started fishing. I started when I was 19, I'm 46 now. So I've known Andy pretty much since I started fishing. Uh, and his career has taken him where it's gone and my career has taken me where it's gone. And one of the, I really enjoy the fact that I get to see Andy, uh, every year in Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. And, and it's not like we get a chance to see each other and talk a lot, but, uh, you know, we might have coffee or we might see each other on the dock or just, he's a good dude. Man. He's a great dude. Yeah. I, I think I he, love Andy to pieces. he is, I mean, he's the epitome of a fisherman. Mm-hmm. He really, really is. And uh, so I enjoy and, and you know, he's he's a genuine guy. He is. You know, it's like no bullshit. You know, he, he's going to, if he's. Oh, gonna, we can curse on here? This yeah. is great. <laughs> you know, well, so. It's, I, this, like, I've been cursing like the whole time. Well, so it's so funny. Uh, I mean, baby I, cursing. I, but I, I curse like, like a sailor. But when I'm on mic, when I'm on camera, because I have like uh, most of my videos are educational. So I'm trying to reach out to the young people. Right. So I'm always 
I have a filter. You're making, me, you're making me feel bad. Now. No, 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 no. It's okay. Listen, <laughs> you have kids, so I don't. You, you are trying to influence two. I'm trying to influence two billion. Uh, so I just have to listen. It's up to the parent to teach their kids how to you curse. Say I'm, trying to, I'm not trying to influence two billion. Uh, no, I'm just saying that <laughs> if they curse because Man, of you, I that's feel good. Like on even you. shorter now. Listen, I think you're taller than me. I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, don't uh, make me have to stand up here. Really? Yeah, I'm standing up right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis is too. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because um, I always tell everybody I'm five eight, but I'm six four when I start talking. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. true though. Yeah, yeah. My, I mean, I you're I, larger than life. Yeah, I just act like it. You know, uh, when I work for Jim Lambert, Jim Lambert always says, you think I'm tall now? Let me stand on my wallet. Ooh. So th that was always, I, I can't say that. Well, I could, but it's just, I'm not going to be that much taller, but I can say it about my mouth. I'm just, <laughs> I'm always talking. I never wow, shut let up. Let me stand on my wallet. Let me stand on That's my wallet. That's a ballsy statement, but backed up. Oh my gosh. He, you know, that man right spin, there. Spin some stories for me. That man right there changed my life. Uh, really, uh, there's not a day that goes by in any kind of business I do that I don't think about how he would handle something. A WWJD? What would Jimmy do? Uh, what would Jimmy do? Yeah. Right. What would Jimmy do? And so it's so funny. He is the last person that I will ever call boss. Uh -huh. It's re for me, it's retired. It's just retired. Right. Uh, I won't call anybody boss. Um, when I started fishing with him, I was 27, I think. Um, Spring chicken. I was just a baby. I showed up owning a pickup truck and a duffel bag of clothes. Right. Uh, at one point uh, while I was working for him, um, because he gave me the confidence and taught me uh, so much, at one point I owned uh, six apartments at one time, managing them all and traveling all at the same time. Um, so he's the one that kind of sparked my interest in business mm -hmm. and how to deal with people. And he was a people magnet. He was very charismatic, very gregarious. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would watch. He, he knew how to get 150% out of everybody. And after my first year of fishing with him uh, and – I stayed on the boat for 14 years, uh, but he passed away after eight and a half. So it, and looking back in retrospect, it took me another five years to grieve his loss. He was like my dad. Yeah. Um, but he said something to me after our first year working together. He's like, wow, I wish I had your ability of dealing with people. And I was like, you're kidding me, right? said that to you? Yeah, he said that to me. Impressive. It, yeah, because I looked at him, how he dealt with people, and I looked up to him. I really did because he just had a knack. Mm -hmm. And then he flipped it around and said that to me. I was like, wow. Uh, and I didn't think of it as that big of a deal until many years later. I can say, I can back that up, though, Fly. I mean, you are, you know, not only, like, you could say you're gregarious and all this stuff like that, and it's true, but you definitely have a natural talent with people and and I say natural talent because I don't even think you try no it's just who you are yeah I, I like to treat people the way I like to be treated right and um, I always put other people first right uh, almost sometimes to a detriment to me but that's okay I'm, I'm perfectly okay yeah, I, with I that. feel you on that one I, I kind of do the same thing yeah, yeah you know I I always try to put everybody because everybody wants to feel good mm -hmm. Um. 
and throw on top of it that I, my entire life has been built around this sport. Um, and which was funny because when I first started like buying apartments and doing all this other stuff, I kept looking at businesses that were business and they weren't in the fishing world and mm-hmm. it just didn't feel comfortable. And then what I'm doing now, I didn't even try. Uh, it was just, I backed into all this social media stuff and all the other stuff and it just feels so comfortable. Yeah. And all I want to do is help those around me. And I can relate to that too. When we opened up the studio, cause I was, I mean, I've been painting fish my whole life. You know, I was in galleries when I was like 17, 18 years old, but you know, I eventually got out when I worked in the music business for a while, but I always wanted to do this. And so when I finally did quit that day job and just opened up the studio, it was just really just like a natural thing. Okay. Dennis is just Dennis. And here yeah. we are. You know what I mean? That's yeah. When you feel comfortable with it, what you're doing, it doesn't feel like you're working at all. Right. Right. And Really, I wake up every day excited. Mm-hmm. I really do. I don't dread waking up any day. And I hope, knock on wood, it continues that way. Um, I look forward to talking to people, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to fishing. I get excited about it. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, like when I went to Saudi, they specifically asked me to do the pitch. Uh, I'm in a room. Uh, once they started talking numbers, it was all in Arabic. But when it was fishing, and I'm like, you sure you want me to yeah, do that? They the didn't pitch? want to talk numbers in English to you. No. Well, it's not that. Well, all the numbers were there. We had all the numbers written. Okay. Uh, it wasn't that they didn't want to talk to me about it. It was, they were all written. So, um, and I told them, I'm like, listen, I don't want to do the numbers because that's not, it's not my thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but fishing. And that's what they said. They're like, you know, fishing. If he asks a question about fishing, um, when you talk about that there's almost 70 million fishermen in the world, talk to him about it. And I'm like, okay. And that's what I did. Right. Uh, and that's what I feel comfortable about. And um, once it got into numbers, you know, when we started talking about, because it was building a marina out, building a clubhouse, I don't know nothing about developing. That's right. that's not my thing. Right. Uh, but fishermen it is and how to reach out to them. That's my thing. And I think that's one thing that we've learned here too is, um, you know, I always thought the whole like stay in your lane comment was like a bad thing. Like you look at like actors, like Pacino, he stays in his lane. He always plays like the same character over and over again. And you know, I mean, sometimes that can be frustrating for people. And I always thought like the whole stay in your lane thing was a bad idea. And, you know, if I stay in my lane too much, then I wasn't expanding enough and everything like that. But sometimes you do just have to stay in your lane and just you bring it home. Yeah, what, you, you know what's what I mean? comfortable for you. But if you stay in your lane, it depends on how you look at it. Well, that's, I guess, my point. It's like, you know, for some things you have to just stay in your lane about. Maybe you can in, in general, branch out. In, in, in generalization, things. yes, I stay well, you're in not gonna you're not going to go build developing things. I'm not going to go like develop a marina right. and a building. That's but, my point. But I would help them develop uh, the marina in essence. Uh, how would a fisherman like it? Mm-hmm. And and that's what I that's like what on I, a consultant basis. Yeah, and that's what I did. Uh, listen, that's not what you want. You want to do it like this because this is what fishermen do. Mm-hmm. Um, they want a place to sit back after fishing and, and talk about it and what it's like. And here's the funny thing. It doesn't matter what country you go to. I've been to a bunch of them. All fishermen are the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can go on a boat and not speak the language. I can be the only person who speaks English. And I can watch in Arabic people tease each other. I can watch them in Japanese People make a joke about something. 
so it's, fishing has that power. John, I'm going to say it again. <laughs> Go ahead. I say this like I like say this all the time in this show, and and I just think there's something to it. And I'm, the reason I'm bringing it up again because you're the perfect person to talk to about this, right? So I've always wondered, by like for the longest time, I was like, man, there's just something about when you go fishing with someone, like this bonding thing, right? You just bond with someone. Exactly. And like more so than any other event. And maybe hunting is the same way. I don't know. Hunting is. But you just, and then when we started talking about maybe hunting is too, we're like, oh, hunting is. And that really started sparking the whole thing. And it's like, the reason is, is because I think we've come to the conclusion on the show, because when you're hunting, when you're fishing, there's this tribal aspect to it. It's no Hunter gatherer tribe. Like it brings us back to innately who we are. Well, it's no different and than that somebody that's feel like that's why this is so important for us to be able to do it. It's no different than football or baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, no different than uh, being in the military. Uh, and I'm, I'm not talking but about, I think the, it is a little bit while well, the military is that's it's where you're bonding for the alt, the same goal, mm-hmm. your goal, you're trying to come together to achieve the same goal. And when you do that um, as a human, and I'm saying a human because I've had the opportunity to fish with men and women and children, when you come together, you bond. Right. You bond over this experience. And whether it's somebody catching their first giant bluefin or there's somebody catching their first grander, or even if it's somebody just catching their first sailfish. Yeah, it's a life landmark experience. experience. Yeah. So... um, I uh, I was still on the real tight. I was having lunch with Captain Eddie once, and uh, I'm wearing my real tight shirt, raccoon eyes, and we're having lunch. Some guy walks, or the owner of the restaurant walks up to us, hands us our food, and he goes, hey, "Excuse me." He goes, "Are you a fisherman?" And I'm like, "All right, I'll bite." Yeah, I'm a fisherman, and he goes, "Your name, by any chance, isn't Fly, is it?" And now I'm like, okay, dude, do I owe you money or did I sleep with your wife? Right. <laughs> or does he want you to sleep with him? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> whoa. And he goes, no, the greatest day of fishing I ever had was with you in 1997 down in Venezuela. There you go. And oh, Venezuela. In Venezuela. And I'm like, really? And I, listen, I, I didn't remember who he was, but then he told me what we caught and I remembered the day. I remembered the day. I didn't remember him or his wife, mm-hmm. but it was the greatest day of fishing he ever had. And he sat there and remembered it to a T. Right. So suddenly, every day I went in for lunch to that spot afterwards, uh, I had the bond. Hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, to this day, if I walk in and I see him. Right. And that, and that was probably 10 years ago. Yeah, not we went to a bachelor party once. Not no. we not we met at a wedding. No. Not we all hung out with my buddy Jim. I went to college with you. It's like no, we we did that tribal experience together. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We you know we set out for a goal to go fishing, um, like you said, tribal. Go yeah. hunting. Go fishing. Let's do it. And we did it. Right. And I think one of the things that brings fishing and hunting a level up from maybe team sports is the fact that. Um, there's another animal on the end of the line. Oh yeah, or on the, or on the other end of the muzzle, or, or the bow, or whatever. Uh, you know that that's the, and it's you're making your decision on that thing's life. Exactly. You know, and and there's you know, you're, all right. If you want to get biblical about about it, you know, we're yeah. dominion over all species and hey, listen, like that. Get, there's you know, get biblical. Yeah. I, listen, I have no problem when you take it to that level. Well, that's the level. This, yeah. this, see, this is this is exactly why I wanted to bring this up to you. 
Because this, to, to me, this whole topic that we're talking about right now embodies the entire Connected by Water experience. And this is why we named the company Connected by Water. This is why we named the podcast Connected by Water. Because this is what Connected by Water is all about. It really is. Right? So um, you, you want to get biblical, we can go to Genesis and we can talk about, you know, what, you know, God put the animals on the, on the earth and whatever like that and, and made humans and we have dominion over all animals and all species and everything like that. And there is a reality to that from our human experience and our understanding of what we are and who we are. Because what makes us the most dominant species? And that... It's our thumbs. It, they, people say that. It's, <laughs> it's our fixable, imposable thumb or whatever like that, right? But um, You couldn't flush a toilet without your thumbs. No. <laughs> <laughs> As I laugh, there's just enough of a reflection. Man, I'm trying on, to, I was trying to get deep... <laughs> Well, here's the thing. You're trying to get deep. I'm I'm trying to be like philosophical about this shit. I'm wearing a Santa hat. You can't flush a toilet. There you go. Uh, We had Charlie on uh, Tuesday. Charlie who? Levine. Oh, Charlie's great. You know, Charlie was my first editor when I wrote for Marlon Magazine. Yeah. Well, he was was the editor when I first started getting published and printed at Marlon Magazine, too. We go way back, too. But um, it's funny because we were talking about... How we, he, his one of his jobs in college, he was a janitor at a at the Crested Butte, it's, it's like ski resort. Uh-huh. And then he'd have the walkie-talkie, and they'd be like, oh, "Charlie, you got a brown trout to pick out in the bathroom." <laughs> yes. got a brown trout. So now we're now we're brown trout. That's our new thing around here. So you <laughs> talk about the brown, talk about the potty or the toilet. So I'm gonna have to talk, bring up the brown trout. Charlie's great dude. Yeah, Charlie's great dude. I enjoyed writing for Marlon when I did. I was that was not something that I expected to do. Yeah, they called me up. They were looking to fill a spot and. I had used to. I used to write. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but I'm one of the original founding members of InTheBite.com. Are you really? It was Dale, San- Dale? Yeah. Dale, Sandra, and myself. We started in so 1999. That's two episodes in a row. We're right mentioning Dale. Yeah. Really? Yeah. We've okay. Charlie brought him up too. Okay. Yeah. So I wrote. Uh, I was the only person. I was the only. We were the only American boat in Venezuela after the mudslides when the whole mudslide. Yeah. And the mountain came down. So. Uh, I was writing stories about all the stuff that was going on. And uh, then several years later, I got the chance to write for Marlin Magazine. And uh, now, again, now that I'm learning all this content stuff, I realize that writing is my weakest mm-hmm. of all the different things. I'd say audio and visual and video are definitely my strongest. Well, you're, sto- you're so boisterous in front of the camera and the mic. It's Yeah. It's, it, know, it, it's I, hard to see anything surpass that for you yeah, other than your fishing skills. It, it's re- Boom! <laughs> you know, it's so funny because uh, I get a lot of young kids uh, reach out to me about fishing and stuff like that. On TikTok? Uh, man, on everything. <laughs> TikTok's one of them, but no, on everything. And I was yeah. just talking to a little while ago. He's, uh, I think he's 31, boat captain. You probably know him. I don't want to mention his name because I don't want to put him in a bad position. Okay. And uh, he was talking about uh, he's married, has kids now. He's like, man, if I would have known this when I started... I probably wouldn't have got into it. And that's what I tell him. Knowing how hard it is to have a family. Oh yeah. And being away from home. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it really well, is. That's, that's half the reason why I say no to fishing all the time. Because of family. Of, yeah. Cause, cause I'll say, I'll tell people all the time, like at this point my policy is I'll go fishing with you anytime during the week. That's it. I'm a, I'm a Monday through Friday fisherman now. I'll take, I'll leave here. I'll go fishing on yeah. the weekends. It's, with the it's kids. family time. I'm with the kids, man. And that's, you know what? I, that's, can't, I can't take that away from them unless I take them with me. And more often than not, the boats that I'm fishing on, I'm not taking them with me. Yeah. You know, they're too little right now for the, no, for the boats that I'm and fishing And that's on. fine. But what you're yeah. doing is you're building a, a base to take them out fishing later on. Yeah, right. 
that's that's the biggest thing. Yeah. You know, you're building a base. And when they get older, you can take them out. Right. You know? Trying. The, um, yeah, it's tough. So with the, with the fake, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, you, you, you know, didn't. The story was. It's, with it's the, all good. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I have a lot of kids that reach out to me, and they want to learn. But the original part of this story was when kids asked me about, oh, man, I want to learn how to do this fishing. I, I want to do that fishing. And you had said, oh, other than my fishing skills. I grew up in the time with some really, really good fishermen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say that they were better fishermen than me. Uh, what helped me out was I got along great. Uh, there was one guy I got to fish with, um, unbelievable fisherman. Um, I didn't, I, we didn't work, uh, together on, as a job. It was just somebody that I fished with, uh, on the dock a lot because I was learning a lot. He's a couple years older than me and he just had a hard time getting along with people. Mm-hmm. And it's hard when you start thinking, yeah, we're not going to drop that name then. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. I don't want to drop. Yeah, and I'm trying fine. not to drop any names. That's fine. Yeah. yeah no, I that's just, fine. I got no uh, problem with that. Um, and it just, I was just curious who it was personally. You can tell me later. Oh yeah, that's yeah, fine. fine. No, yeah. I, I don't. You don't even have to do that. Yeah, no, I rather it, it, it has scratch it, that. It, it really means nothing. It just means, it really doesn't mean anything. I was uh, just curious. It, it, it goes what the 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 point of the story is. Um, you talk. We go go. Let's go back biblical here. Mm-hmm. You're spending time with people to accomplish a goal. You're going to want to do it with people you want to be with. Um, Absolutely. So, because you f- end up forming a bond and, uh, that's, what's helped me in my career is that, um, I got along with people, you know, when, when you have to sit there and fish next to somebody for 18 hours a day, and then you got to go to sleep on the boat, wake up and see their face first thing in the morning. Um, those are the things you want to matters. Have, yeah. It, it does matter. Yeah. You want to know somebody, uh, that, you want to be have somebody there that you get along with, mm-hmm. you know, you'll even growing up and hiring kids to fish with me. I'd rather have a kid that's easy to get along with positive attitude and wants to learn than somebody that has a bad attitude and, but knows everything. Yeah. I, I can teach you fishing. I can't teach you a good attitude. Yeah, that's true. I mean, when I first started tournament fishing, you know, I was basically like, I'll just be the cameraman. Come on, let me let me on the boat. Let me on the boat. And then I get along with the guys, and they like me, and then pretty soon I'm reeling in sailfish, and you know what I mean? And when still with the camera and everything like that, I'm like, you know, I just want to be on the boat. I just want to have fun. You know what I mean? And, and then you get along with everybody. Yeah. And, and then th- that they, basically just puts you in a good spot. And you get invited back. Right. Yeah. That's that's the biggest thing. I mean, if you're, if you're fun to get along, mm-hmm. get along with, you'll get invited back. Yeah. So um, I don't want to be on a, on a boat with somebody that's miserable. No, you don't. And you don't want to be on a boat with a know-it-all. No. Because that, that to me is the worst, you know, when people start. And you get that guy all the time that, you know, when you're riding out with him for the first time. And then he starts trying to, like, talk like he knows what he's talking about all the time and, like, overly talk about boats and overly talk about, you know. This or name and, drops. Yeah, or name exactly name drops and the, things like that. And it's just like, all right, we get it. You, you mm-hmm. think you know what you're doing. I, uh, and I would never claim to be the guy that jumps on the boat that knows what he's doing because I fish with way too many guys that know a hell of a lot more about fishing than I do, which humbles me on a daily yeah. basis, Like, and which is a good thing for me. You know, So I, I don't like when those guys jump on the boat and they start when I flashing get it, that When I get invited on a boat, now it's different because people know that I, I got a business, I got enough other stuff going on. Uh, but when I first got back from Hawaii and I was jumping on boats and – 
uh, hey, I need a second. Okay, yeah, I'll be a second. And you got these young kids, uh, deckhands, which, oh, my God, Fly's going to take my job, and I don't want your job. Right. You know, and uh, the first thing they would say, whatever you want, just change it. I'm like, man, I'm not changing anything. Uh, and they're like, no, 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 if we're doing something wrong. I says, if you're doing something wrong, I'll bring it up. But I'm not changing everything because there's six people on this boat, and what am I going to do, change six people or – can I be the person that changes? Mm-hmm. It's easier for me to change right. than uh, change six people. And besides, I don't know it all. Um, I get on a boat, and there's a lot of good young fishermen coming up in the ranks. And um, and it, this is not just fishing. This is everywhere where people are complaining, millennials this and millennials that. Man, you know what? When us Gen Xers were coming up, they were talking about us too. Yeah, for sure. Every generation uh, is like that. Every generation. Kids these so, days. Kids these days. Exactly. Like, so, so I, I, you know, you look and um, different people mature at different times. Mm-hmm. And people look at certain things different times in their life. You know, in when you're 21, you're more concerned about one thing. And then when you're 23, you're, you know, something changes. Uh, and then you just look at it differently. Uh, and I come across a lot of these young kids and they, they know so much. So if I can just shut my mouth and listen, mm-hmm. I end up learning, uh, which a lot of people... Because they're not set in their ways. Exactly. They're, 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 they're learning the new things. They're learning. They're, they're, they're trying. Yeah. Right. And uh, if you jump on a boat and, hey, man, what are you doing? Show me that. Next thing you know, they're willing to share their experiences than just shutting down and being pissed off at you. Yeah. Now, mind you, I have had plenty of young guys get pissed off at me. Um, I actually, I actually had it the other day. Um, we chartered a boat. So most of the stuff I do now, uh, as far as fishing, people hire me just to coach them. Uh, somebody wants to do a trip somewhere. They'll call me up. They're like, Hey man, I'm looking for a coach. And, uh, and, and I prefer that. Teach you them know. how to swordfish and stuff teach like them, that. Mate, or- most of it is, uh, teach them how to blue Marlin fish, pitch baiting, mm-hmm. how to fight a fish, uh, if they want swordfish, but there's so many better guys out there at sword fishing than me. Uh, I, you know, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I'd, I'm, if somebody calls me up to do it, I'd rather, I'd say, man, why don't you call Bobby? Bobby, yeah, call Bobby, call Bobby, yeah. call Nick. Uh, I mean, I can do it. Uh, but now blue Marlin fishing. Yeah, let's go. Let me teach you how to pitch bait. You know, next year I got a couple of trips, uh, to Cape Verde, um, Dominican Republic, just my normal group of guys that, and they just want me there, walk them through the process, but they also want, uh, if there's a problem on the boat, I can handle it. And um, I was just on a trip with some of my friends, and I had some issues with the mates uh, because they kept wanting to set the hook and then pass the rod off. And it's like, oh, really? Hey, guys. And, and it's a, it was a charter boat. That's what they're used to yeah. doing. But my guys are paying money to learn how to catch fish and, and hook them themselves. And, I, you know, I coach them through it. So after the second day, uh, you know, I'm – I had to say something <laughs> and I'm pretty blunt. And when I have, when I say something, I, there's really no filter from my head to my mouth. Mm-hmm. And I had already said it two or three times and, uh, my guys want to hook their fish and I don't want people yelling at my guys. I don't, I'm not a yeller. Uh, right. I have a loud voice. I have a loud mouth, but I'm not a yeller. Cause when you're trying to teach somebody how to fish, mm-hmm. the last thing you need to do is get them excited 
they're going to be excited anyway. Yep. So we talk if, about that a lot on the show too. Like the cool captains are always the best captains. Yeah, it's, yeah. if you stay nice and calm and it's listen, it's just a fish. It's fish. I've seen a bunch of them. So yeah. that guy that's right next to me, uh, he hasn't. So he's going to uh, he's going to get excited. So it's my job to keep him calm. Mm-hmm. And the human brain is pretty neat in the sense of there could be six guys on a boat and they're all yelling, left teaser, left teaser. But if you're just whispering, saying, hey, man, that fish is coming up on you, just slide your bait back. Your brain will listen to that one voice. Mm-hmm. And That's very true. It is so true. Mm-hmm. And um, I, That's after- why sometimes you know, I do that with my kids sometimes. It's like you can yell at them, you can yell at them. Like, hey, Sean, come here. Yeah, come right to me. Your your the brain just picks yeah. it up. Yeah. So, uh, and it keeps them calm. And uh, I, you can talk for hours. Listen, you're gonna put it in free spool. You're gonna drop it back. And you're gonna lock it up. And you can do this for ten hours. And the moment the fish comes up, he's gone. So you forget yeah. everything. Yeah. So if you just sit there nice and quietly, uh, and say, "Hey, man, there's a the fish. Stay calm." You know, you don't even have to say stay calm. Just if you, you're being calm and you you're being calm. and yeah. you make them calm and you walk them through the whole thing. And then after it's all said and done, whether you catch them or you lose them, then you ask them. Uh, so what'd you learn? They remember. Mm-hmm. They remember everything that happens. And really the things that I do is after I fish with certain people three or four years, uh, I don't even have to talk to them. I just wait till afterwards. And I've said, okay. What'd you see? Mm-hmm. What happened? And they can step by step by step tell me what they did right, what they did wrong. And if I see something that they didn't see, I bring it up. But um, it's just a coach. That's, yeah. you know, and I enjoy that because, again, I'm teaching. Um, so you're, I mean, you doing a lot of fun fishing at all? It's all fun fishing. No, I know. You know what I'm talking. It's, it's the phrase. Um, it, it's like you talk about coaching. You talk about tournaments and everything like that. Like how often are you fishing now? I, I don't. Uh, last year um, or this year, there's a substantial drop. I think I'm down to 120 days or 125 days. Yeah. Which to me, that's a su- substantial right. drop. Right. Uh, when I was on the real tight, when Jim was alive, it was like 220, 225. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, this year's going to be somewhere like in the 120, 130. Yeah, no, no, it's still great. I still got to create content. It's a hell of a lot more than I've been fishing. Yeah. Uh, I I, well, here's the thing. With all the stuff I do, when I'm fishing a turn or when I'm running a tournament. Um, yeah, fishing and, it. And I'm not fishing it. Yeah. Uh, and somebody says, hey, I have this problem or this is what happened. Uh, I can sit there and I can relate to it. Mm-hmm. because I still fish them. Like when I fish tournaments now, and I don't fish very many, uh, to be honest, I fish may, here at home. There's only two that I fish, and that's with Mike Samuels. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know Mike. Uh, I his, don't know. Mike is the vice president of um, Viking Yachts. He runs okay. the Viking Service Center. Um, I fish with him and his dad. They fish the Silver Sailfish Derby and the Buccaneer. And I literally, I come home just to fish those tournaments with him and his dad. Yeah, uh, he's like a brother to me. His dad treats me like a son. I fish the tournaments and then I start traveling again. Uh, I'm the camera guy because I know what a tournament director is looking for. Mm-hmm. 
I've wired enough sailfish. It's not that important I to like me. I like filming the releases. I don't, I, I don't, I don't mind it, uh, yeah. but I also know what to look for. Yeah. And when I do get on boats, that's what they ask me to do. And I have the camera equipment. I mean, I, tr- I travel with my Pelican case with six GoPros mm-hmm. and uh, my regular still camera. And I know what I want, what I want to capture. And one of the biggest problems I see as a tournament director is people want to sit right next to the angler and get a video of the fish. And it's like, guys, you do know if you just stand on the bridge, it's easier for you to switch the camera 10 degrees than it is for you to run 12 feet. Yeah. So I just get up on the bridge and video it all. You know, I turn on three cameras in case one misses something. And, um, but that, that's what helps me understand how to build something Mm -hmm. because I'm on the boat. I'm not just a tournament director that's building a tournament to build one or just to make money. I build a tournament because I, I build a tournament because I want to see people enjoy themselves. Yeah, you build an experience. I want to build an experience. I want to create content. Yeah, you know, I want to help people out. Uh, but I try to think of it as a fit through the fisherman's eyes. So, you got the fly zone, right? And this ties all into that. Right. Yep. Like and so fly zone. You basically started fly zone. You, you take me through that. Okay. So I worked on the real type for fourteen years. Mm-hmm. I got a. I, my last five years, I was teaching Tristan Lambert uh, how to blue marlin fish. That was you know. And then he got ready for college, and I knew, okay, I'm very goal oriented. What's the next goal? And I got an offer from a friend of mine. Hey, do you want to run my boat out in Hawaii? I'm like, oh, that's right. I remember that. I'm like, absolutely. Let's do it. And everyone's like, why are you going to Hawaii? You've got 20 years of experience in the Caribbean. Why would you go somewhere that you don't know anything? I'm like, that's why. I want to. You want a Rimovich out there? Yeah, it was a 37 Rimovich. It was the old Hustler. Wow. Great boat. And anyway, so I was out there for uh, 18 months and the job came to an end. And I, I was 40 years old at the time. So the guy's like, you know, you want to come back to the ranch? I'm like, no, no, I'm I'm going back home. Mm -hmm. So I came home. I'm like, what do I want to do? Yeah. And yeah, because that was a, that was your clear line. That was my, what do I want to do? And I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. Let's not rush into anything because I could get a job on any boat. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just going to freelance. Well, while I was in Hawaii, somebody introduced me to Instagram. And I had already had a Facebook page and somebody introduced me to Instagram. So um, I started taking pictures of every time I go fishing, I'd post them. Take, you know, I go fishing, I post. Pictures, post. Then people would call me up. They're like, man, what are you doing? I see all these pictures. I'm like, oh, I'm just freelancing now. Oh, you're freelancing. What are you doing next week? So I'd go fishing some more. So if I fish some more, I'm taking more pictures. And it kind of blew up. I was filling up my schedule Uh, freelancing by all the pictures that I'm posting. I'm marketing myself. And then being a fisherman, uh, you start seeing certain things at work. So I'm like, okay, let me try this. And then let me try that. And I started noticing trends and I start watching how things work. And then I had started a tournament already and I used strictly social media to promote it. And I'm like, let me start a second one. So I started a second tournament, and again, I just used social media to promote it. And then uh, I get the opportunity to take over the World Cup, 
which uh, Mike Leach was running. And uh, so Fly Zone Fishing was first just the company, the marketing company, to promote my tournaments. And then I started noticing some more trends, and I started reading. The same way people read all these fishing magazines, uh, and same way I did, uh, the only th- part now is most of the people that write in the magazines are people that I've fished with or next to, mm-hmm. uh, and not that I can't learn from it. It's just it's easier for me to just pick up the phone and go walk to somebody's boat. Uh, so I, instead of reading fishing magazines, I start reading all everything I can on social media. And, uh, I mean, I, you, I couldn't, t- I couldn't even imagine telling somebody how much I read. Yeah. Uh, cause I was never you're a big reader. You're flying a lot too. What's that? You're flying a lot too. Uh, yeah, exactly. Let's prime reading. Time. So I, it's amazing how much I read yeah. about social media. Instead of fishing, I read about social media. I want to learn how it works. And, um, so anyway, so I, at that point I'm like, let me try, uh, something else. And that's when I created my very first how to videos. And, uh, I don't know if you know this, I got a degree in secondary education. I got a degree to be a teacher. I wanted to be, yeah, what school? uh, FAU. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I You're went, an owl. Yeah. I went to Palm beach junior college. Okay. And then it became community college, then it became Palm beach state, but it was junior college. And I went to FAU and at the time, I was making more money as a fisherman than a teacher would. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm going to stay fishing. Right. And, uh, but I still have this urge that I want to teach people. So I started creating these how-to videos, and I would pump them through social media, and I would watch them blow up. Right. And so I'm like, oh. So I'm watching these trends, and I'm making certain things happen. So I just create more. It's like fishing. Oh, they're biting pink lures today. Let's put out some more pink lures. It's the same thing. I create a certain kind of content. People eat it. Right. You know, they, they consume it. And I'm like, let me build some more of it. And while I'm at it, let me, I'm helping my friends. I got, there's so many great fishermen out there that have these little side hustles. Uh, so somebody has a, a bait company, let me help them out. Or mm-hmm. uh, somebody has a little tackle company, let me help them out. And um, I just see the trend. So I just keep building on it. Well, little by little, I started uh, getting phone calls from big companies. Can you help us? I'm like, sure, not a problem. So that's what Fly Zone Fishing was a promotion and marketing company. And then uh, I ran into a problem. Dun, 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 dun. So when uh, a company wants you to promote something, they want you to promote their product. Well, I don't give a shit or give a rat's ass about a product. Mm-hmm. I give a shit about this sport. And uh, I actually had somebody say, oh, you're just somebody's uh, spokesperson or something. I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm helping them out. And I'm like, listen, this is my job. Somebody is out there and they're looking for a hobby. And they're looking at fishing rods or golf clubs. My job is to make sure they buy fishing rods. Right. Your job is to sell your product. Correct. I don't care about your product. You know, it's funny because we have we got we have one sponsor on this show, and that's Joe Yacardi, right? And we're very proud of that. And Joey's a good friend. You yeah, know I mean? there's no problem. But all the guests that we come that come on, they everyone's got something to pitch or something something to do. Like Andy will promote his lures. 
you know, maybe fishing for muscular. We do a lot of charity promotion, like yeah. fishing for muscular dystrophy. This afternoon, we have the Special Olympics coming on. You know, and and then there's other people with their products and their thing that they want to promote. We'll promote that on the show. Yeah, I don't ask them for any money. Yeah, and I don't have, you know the viewership yet for it. Number one, but number two, it's, it's I'm for the most part bringing on my friends, and if they're associated, if I can help them out at all by promoting their, product, I'm more than happy to. So we talked about Grundens. Grundens was my first sponsor. Mm-hmm. They were my first sponsor I had, and at the beginning, uh, I'm a pain in the ass as a pro staffer. Uh, I demand a lot out of my sponsor. I'd rather not have a sponsor than have somebody that doesn't uh, fall into what I want, to my business model. Um, because I'm not, again, I'm not doing it for uh, for the money. I do it because I want to go fishing and where I can grow. So at the, be- my, at the beginning relationship of Grundens, it was, it was cool. You know, I got a sponsor. I got clothes. Great. Yay. And a couple of things just weren't working out. I wasn't very, very happy with a couple of things that were happening. And I actually had another clothing company call me and I said, listen, I'm under contract. Call me afterwards. So I, uh, I was flying back from Japan mm-hmm. and I stopped in, uh, Paulsbo in Washington, uh, where they, where their main offices and they were having kind of like a summer retreat and I got the opportunity. To whose office? To Grendon's office. Oh, is okay. in Washington. Okay. And the first person that I walk in, there's a guy there and puts his arm around me. He goes, man, thank you so much what you do for my company. And it's uh, the owner of Grundens. And I didn't know who he was uh, at the time. I didn't know who he was. And um, I was there for five days. So I come to find out that it's uh, two brothers and one of the brother's sons. So it's really a father and son that own it. It's a family run operation. And, uh, from that moment, once I met the family and he put his arm around me, literally, it was also figuratively, I felt, uh, and I always, so on Fridays, I always do these Grundon fly Fridays. Mm-hmm. I do these live things for them on Facebook. And I always talk about the Grundon's family mm-hmm. and I do because that's the way I was treated. Uh, they treated me like one of the family and that's why uh, I've stayed with them. Yeah. I, I you love know, the funny thing is I feel that way about my relationship with Olakai. Really? Cause I, I yeah. Cause I'm, I'm a brand ambassador for Olakai. Okay. Um, that's personally, you know what I mean? Yeah, Not necessarily a podcast, but you know what I mean? And I do feel like that from, I get a lot of love from that company. And, and listen, anytime I pick up the phone and say something or, Hey, I'm going somewhere. I, I want somebody that I can go talk to, mm-hmm. you know, who's a fisherman I can go talk to out there. Yeah. I don't care if it's commercial or recreational. I want to go talk to somebody out there. Yeah. Or I just, hey, man, I want to talk to you. Can I jump on a plane? I fly out there and we talk and I got an idea and uh, it's like a family. Right. And, and that's why I, uh, that's I why I love it being. it needs to be that way. You know what I mean? In, in order, <coughs> if you're going to promote and push a product, you know what I mean? You got to really believe in the product. I, and, and to be honest with you, I don't even feel like I'm promoting people, or pushing that's it. That's what I mean. You yeah, gotta, you gotta, just, it's got to come like, you know, innately out of you. Yeah. I just, I love being a part of it. And uh, it's, again, it's, for me, it's not about the money. Right. Uh, for me, it's the fact that I, I love being on the phone and talking to them about their products. And uh, There was another company that I was um, with that, you know, necessarily wasn't like that. That yeah. like, you know, I don't want to mention the company, but it's it's very tough to promote them because of they're not like the Olakai relationship. Yeah, it's I fishing is is a family. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a fraternity. 
Uh, right. Again, and then goes, we take that because we 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 um we sponsor the Gale Force Twins, the girls. Okay. Right. With the studio sponsors them, but I have that perspective on what I felt like in those two scenarios, and I try to treat them more the Olakai way. Exactly. You know, so, and it, it reciprocates. I, so I sponsored my first team this year during Blue Water Babes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had a couple of people say, did you pay all these really good-looking girls <laughs> to promote your company? I'm like, no. I had a group of girls uh, that wanted to fish the Blue Water Babes, but they just couldn't do it. I said, I'll tell you what. I says, my company will sponsor you. Uh, we'll sponsor your entry. And, but you know, you got to find the boat. I'm not going to charter a boat for you. You got to find the boat. You got to, you know, find some other sponsors. And, um, as we started going along, I said, this is, these are the parameters I'm looking for. You know, you know, my social media, I base everything on social media. So try to get other people that are really into fishing on social media and share your adventure. And, uh, wherever there was a, something missing, we took care of it. You know, if there was a, a gap, well, we can't afford this. Okay, I'll, I'll fill that gap. Right. And then uh, because it was uh, Blue Water Babes is a fundraiser for breast cancer awareness, mm-hmm. uh, I bought them a bunch of koozies. I bought them 500 koozies, and they went around and sold them for $5 a piece, and it all went to breast cancer awareness. So, I mean, the koozies didn't cost me right. nothing. Right. Uh, and they were able to sell them and raise a bunch of money for breast cancer awareness. So it got me involved with, uh, I believe the team had eight girls on it, and uh, one of them has a a growing, successful art business. Mm-hmm. And another one, uh, she one time mentioned to me in passing that she wanted to be a tournament director when she grows up. And I'm like, number one, really? That's, that's the goal. <laughs> Why would you want to do <laughs> that? But, uh, but listen, hey, we there all have go. different go- goals. Yeah. So uh, I've since just recently Come hired talk her. talk to Mr. Fly. Well, I, I, I recently hired her to help me with some of my tournaments uh, okay. so she can learn. Uh, because for me, that's not my ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, that's just a stepping stone for promoting fishing. Mm-hmm. It's just a stepping stone. And it's not what I want, you know, oh, I want to be a tournament director. No, not really. Uh, I want the content from it. How do we show it off? Um, I'm working right now. There's a a fishing show out of South Korea that wants to come fish my tournament in Dominican Republic. So I'm trying to South Korean fishing show. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They, uh, they reached out to me and they're like, Hey, uh, we're interested in fishing, you know, one of your tournaments. Right. I'm like, which one? Oh, and they're like, oh, why? How many do you have? And I'm like, why don't you give me a time frame? And they gave me a time frame. I go, this is what I got that time frame. Oh, really? We can come to Dominican Republic. I'm like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm working on that. Anything I can do to promote fishing or the outdoors or right. help help somebody do it, uh, why not? I mean, see, you have two little kids. I don't have kids. I don't plan on having kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, your kids are your biological legacy. Right. I'm not going to have a biological legacy. So I have to leave some kind of – I want to leave. I don't have to. Right. I want to leave some kind of legacy in – what is most important in my life? Fishing has, uh, I'm the son of two immigrants. Getting deep on me now. Uh, well, you were biblical earlier. <laughs> biblical. <laughs> so now I'm going to get deep with you. Uh, I'm the son of two immigrants and uh, from Cuba. And really, you know, they, they left three kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, me, 
I were to die tomorrow, what am I leaving? What right. am I doing other than just consuming oxygen? So I want to do something for the sport that has helped me out. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, uh, growing up, family vacation was going to the Keys. Right. Yeah. Going on a trip was going yeah. to the Keys. That was us uh, too every summer. That's so we spent our summers. N- now, and you got a week out of it. Right. Other than that, then you just go to work. And I'm like, man, there's there's got to be more to life than that. Yeah. There's got to be more to life. And I remember the first time I went to Japan, that was my first real big giant trip of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like every other month I have a trip of a lifetime now. Uh, and not that they mean any less. Changed uh, your habits. It just changed my habits. And I remember uh, Japan, I studied for 16 months everything about their culture. The language? Um, Can you speak Japanese at all? I know how to say... Mahi Mahi and Billfish. Are you? Oh, is, you want me to yeah, say? Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Shira, 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 Shira is Mahi Mahi. Okay. And Kajiki, Kajiki is Billfish. Kajiki. You know what I don't know how to say? Left or right. So when I'm up in the tower, and I yell out Kajiki, which means Billfish. Right. I don't know how to say he's on the left or on the right. I just know how to say Billfish. So. Yeah. Literally, when I'm in the tower in Japan and I yell out Kajiki, and suddenly everybody has to look up to the tower. <laughs> you have like five Japanese guys are you running around no, the cockpit. <laughs> you have five Japanese guys look up in a look up to the Cuban guy in the tower and yeah. see what side he's pointing to. So it kind of Kajiki, Kajiki, Kajiki. Yeah, it, it kind of uh, it kind of messes up the whole having somebody in the tower to have one step ahead. Right. So, all right. Well, you know Moshi Moshi. No. Moshi Moshi, they pick up the phone. Moshi Moshi. No. No one said that when you were old? No, nobody so, nobody ever picked up the phone to talk to me. They just talked to him up my face. Well, I watched what's the what's the name of the movie with Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson? Scarlett Johansson. Johansson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, they're always picking up the phone, going, Moshi Moshi. Like every time they pick up the phone. No, anyway, don't know. I've never been to Japan, so I don't know. You, you need to go. I when I was there was when well, uh, if you weren't going for five weeks, if you're going for well, two, I'd go with you. Why don't you just come over and, and have a couple of days there and you can leave. You don't have to feel like you, you gotta be attached to me at the hip. I'm not gonna hold you down. Maybe I will. You can come. I'm you I know, say this now, it's not gonna happen, but would you like me to call Liz? Yes. Ask for permission? Mm-hmm. Okay. You're gonna have to do it. I really need Dennis to come with me. I really, I really, really, really need him. I need somebody to hold my GoPro. It's essential <laughs> that I have someone with uh, his talents and so personality. So here's the funny part. Uh, so I got invited to do the Osaka show by the team from Guam that I invited to fish my Saudi tournament. Well, in that process, all the people that I invited from Australia are coming up to Osaka. So it's almost like a reunion of this Saudi Arabian trip. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, uh, And I'm also looking for some more... Uh, popping and jigging teams because the, uh, this next year, it looks like I'm going to be able to invite 24 teams. Um, which again, it grows, it's great for my business because being a, I'm a social media business. Uh, I get to reach out to the biggest social media influencers around the world. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's an all expense paid trip. We fly you in, uh, we put you up, you just fish in the tournament. Uh, and, um, team from Australia won first place, which was 60 grand, uh, on the popping and jigging side. And then on the trolling side, 
uh, I had Robert Arrington deer meat for dinner. I don't know if you know him. Were we uh, just ta- did we just talk about? Yeah, he brought him up in the last. He one. brought him up in the last one. So yeah. uh, Ro- I've known Robert 15, 20 years. Yeah, and we were looking for somebody trolling. I was allowed to invite one team from every continent. Can you bring him on the podcast? Would you like? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, not a problem for sure. Yeah, just come on together. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll call him up. Super nice guy. Look it up. You you think I get excited? He really gets excited. Yeah. Oh my God! He came up uh, and giant tuna fished with me up in Nova Scotia when we, when he was fishing in Saudi. Uh-huh. Um, he we were you know what's next on your agenda? This and that. And I'm like, oh, well, I I got my trip to Nova Scotia, and he's like, man, I I've always wanted to go. That's my bucket list. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. Really? That's it? That's an easy bucket. Come on, <laughs> let's go fishing. So I invited him, you know, to be my guest, to come up there. Uh, and Are you going up next September, too? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, I got to look. So uh, I'm on the HMS Highly Migratory Species Advisory Panel up in Washington, D.C. Uh, they're the advisory panel that uh, advises on all the rules for marlin, tuna, sharks, stuff really? like that. So you work for the government, too? I don't work. I volunteer. Oh. Yeah, I don't get paid. You're not a contracted employee, like, for the U.S. Mint? No. I do it because it's me, again. Which I can't talk about. It, shh, I'd have to kill you. If I tell you, <laughs> I have to kill you. Uh, it goes right back to what do I, what am I giving back to my community? That's why I do it. Um, so once that meeting is over, which is always Labor Day week, and I fly right up to Nova Scotia, and I start fishing. And I'm usually there till first or second week of October. Nice. So, yeah, I had Robert come up, and uh, he did a catch, clean, cook. We release all our fish, but somebody caught one and harvested One of the locals did, so we were able to cut out the, I remember that episode. the, the yeah. tuna steaks. Mm-hmm. And he's like, man, I'm telling you, this episode right here is probably going to get four or five million views. And I'm like, nah. 24 hours, he had a million and a half views. Crazy. And uh, within... Uh, I don't know, a week he had, excuse me, he had uh, a full 5 million views. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we had a great time. He had his wife and his kids up there. Uh, so we had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of fun. and That's awesome. And I en- I enjoy, again. That's how it's telling Liz. I'm like, we should all go. Yeah, you should. You know what I mean? I don't Bring want to just kids. be like, I'm just going. Like, no. you, you ever been to Nova Scotia? She's like, no. I'm like, let's go. He brought the kids with You guys I, don't have to fish with me. You just hang out. Now, here's the cool part. Being from Florida, I had never seen leaves change. So that's the time of year leaves change. Yeah. I had never seen it. And then... Uh, Halloween starts coming up, so you got all the pumpkin patches. Mm-hmm. So uh, his wife took the girls to a pumpkin patch, and they picked out pumpkins, and it's a lot of fun. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's really it's neat, and um, we'll see you there next September. Absolutely, no, I'm not kidding. I mean, no, it's, I'm not it's, kidding it's either. I'm I'm not kidding either. You go. I mean, I know. Uh, I'm not sure how Andy sets up where his people stay. We always stay. I stay in a cottage. Uh, that's right. I on really the haven't talked to him. I mean, all he said is just stay with me. That's all he oh, said. Oh, that's all he said. Th- then you're set. Yeah. yeah. But I, if I'm bringing the whole family, it's probably not going to happen. If and, need- John. <laughs> and John. And John. <laughs> yeah, John. That's right. John's coming too. Yeah. So uh, if you go, let me know if you need any help finding whatever. Yeah. I, I love going up there. I was just up there. So I have a new project I'm working on uh, how we get, how we as a society, how we get our seafood. And I went up there and did an episode. Uh, with the guy at Tuna Fish, and we went lobster fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, show, yeah, from start to finish, going out fishing in the morning, 
lobsters into the fish house, getting cooked the whole nine yards. So nice. Uh, again, it's still it's fishing, cool. right? Go connected by water. Connected by water. It's, it's, so that's what it's all about, man. Exactly. You know? And once and they love their fishermen up there. Yeah, they love their fish, and and, and that's what it is. You're everybody's a fi- you're either a farmer or a fisherman. I've only been the one place on the planet where we where it's a Wisconsin, Bagley, Wisconsin, this little bumhole town in the southwest corner of right on the backwaters of the Mississippi and Wisconsin. Uh-huh. Fished there for two weeks right after high school graduation with my buddy Brian Flynn. One of the best experiences of my life. But it was like you got to wave to everyone as you drive by them, right? And he told me this. He's like, he's like, when the car's approaching, he's like, you got to wave to them. And sure enough, they were waving by the time they got to us. I've really only been like, that was the only place I've ever been to that was really like that where religiously everybody waved as you do. Bye. Other than that, on the water is the only place you really truly mm-hmm. see that. So Nova Scotia. That I know of. The, uh, I can't remember if it was That's my connected by water. second. That is part of the point. My second year in Nova Scotia, we had a house. Cell phone reception wasn't too good, so I'd have to walk out to the road to get enough cell service to make a call. The only problem with that is if you're standing at the side of the road, everybody stops to talk to you. <laughs> and because it's a small town mm-hmm. and they see Nova you. Scotia? Yeah. yeah. Or where I was staying in Nova yeah. Scotia. And because I do all these videos, right. uh, all our fishing, everything, I couldn't go to the grocery store. Oh, you're that guy that goes tuna fishing with Curtis. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know my name, but they know that I go tuna fishing because they see. So everywhere I go. Uh, Mr. Fly. Yeah, well, but now they know. It's five years later. Now they know my name. Uh, but yeah, you go. It's and it's great because f- there's not many places here in Florida that has that small town feeling. Uh, we're here in Lauderdale. I'm up in Palm Beach. You don't have that small town nope. feeling. So and listen, nothing against where I grew up. This is where I grew up. But it's kind of neat. Um, it's charming. Yeah, it's. I love it. And. Yeah. Uh, when I'm traveling all over the world, there's a lot of places I don't know anybody. I go somewhere and I'm lost. And it's kind of nice that I spend six weeks in a spot and everybody knows you. Mm-hmm. So you're there for like basically the full six. And- yeah, I'm there yeah. for five to six weeks. And uh, I usually come in either I come in a, you know, a week early or stay a week late, go hunting and just kind of hang out. I had a great conversation last night. I was still in the studio. And um, a really good friend of mine, one of my best friends that I grew up with, recently had to move to upstate New York on a whim. Really? Yeah. Like, it was... Was it a good whim? Mm, Okay. I mean, it's it's turning out to be good, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, he had a circumstance that, you know, they had to move. They ended up moving with his wife's, up to his wife's family. Okay. All's good, you know what I mean? But it was really kind of like, you know what? Since that's happening right now, let's just get out of here. Yeah. And just move up there. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like bad. You know what I mean? But it was just like that caused them to make that decision, whatever. So I'm like, we had, we had a little bit of a cold front here right now, which is cold for us. Yeah, right? I'm wearing to, my yeah, flannel. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. we're all along, so he's got his little hoodie on. It's like, we're like, all right, it's kind of like it gets down to 60 here. It feels like it's like 20 to me. You know. So I'm sitting there working last night. I was working a late night in the studio. And I'm like, man, I'm freezing my ass off. I'm like, I bet you he's really freezing his ass off. So I'm like. I call him up. I'm like, you're freezing your ass off. He's like, bro, this sucks. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, and he's like really in like a farmland kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And so it's in his too light town. He lives in now. And yeah. And he's like, he's like, this is taking some adjusting. 
you know, but he, he says, I love it and it's cool, but it's different when you got to visit and get that when this is now my home, that's taken some adjusting. So, uh, every year for Christmas, me and my girlfriend, we travel and my only, uh, my only prerequisite of where we go is it's gotta be cold. Uh, I don't want to go to the Caribbean. I don't, I do that all year long. I want to go somewhere where it feels like Christmas. Right. right. So last year we went to Norway to see the Northern Lights. I always yeah, wanted to see. Right. You know, I wanted to talk to you more. I'm glad you brought that up again. I forgot to circle back to that. Oh, so uh, we went up to Norway and uh, it was, it wasn't bone cold. It was cold. It was, yeah. you know, uh, I just wanted to go there. it was like 32 degrees, right around 32 every, every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very much influenced by the Gulf Stream. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't get too, too much colder. It's not like being in Minnesota or Montana where it's like 60 below. Ice cube. Yeah. So yeah. Um, the hardest part of it was, I can deal with the cold. It was the on and off of clothes yeah. just to go outside. Um, in Norway? In Norway, yeah. That's the part that How was, cold was it when you were no, there? No, it was 32 degrees. Did you do one of those ice cave things? Oh, I went to uh, an ice, oh, what, where I stayed? I don't know. I, I mean, I just see pictures of people like at bars and it's like, it's okay. Ice so I, I did go to an ice bar. Yeah. Here's the funny part. It was warmer in the ice bar than it was outside. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And I don't drink or I don't drink yeah, that's alcohol. Right. You don't, you're not a drinker. So yeah. I, uh, they went in there and they poured me a, a juice, some kind of juice and all the glasses are ice. So, uh, so cool. everything was so cool. Yeah. Uh, it was neat. Everything in there was Ice tables, ice like- sculptures. <laughs> no, they give you a I'm like cold in here now. It's just because the AC well, kicked on. Actually, <laughs> it's so funny. The AC kicked on. I'm like, oh, great, because I was hot. Yeah. It was getting hot. Yeah, it, was getting it, it gets yeah. a little warm in here. It gets, it gets a little warm. Um, in but the, in the, the fishbowl. The, um, yeah, the ice bar was great. For me, I didn't have to put on any more clothes because I had enough from outside. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was great. Now, the hard part was dealing with no sunlight. Mm. It was, uh, so the town we went to, we flew into Oslo, spent a couple days, and you get about four hours of sunlight. Then we flo- flew to Tr- uh, Tromsø, which is above the Arctic Circle. It's like 300 miles north of the Arctic Circle. And um, the sun... You have se- pictures of this you can share. Oh, right? my God. It, if I would share them with you right now, no, except we're... Just John later. Yeah. He'll, he'll put it in there. So um, the sun sets November 20th. And they don't see it again until January 20th. It is dark. Wow. So you get, uh, they get like two and a half hours of twilight every day, but that's it. So, you know, it's so funny. We're talking about this and I'll bring up the Northern Light part in a second. Again, uh, like I said earlier, you've known me for so long and I just... I just do what I do. I don't think anything crazy. I, a lot of times I think I'm a really boring person. Then I sit here and tell stories. It's and so I not forget. true. It's What's not, that? It's so not true. I know, uh, but I've, I've never, ever, ever known you to be boring in any but, conversation um, we've ever had. No, well, conversation is one thing, but like there's times like when I get home after traveling, like it's a sat- a big Saturday night to me is Chinese food and Netflix. <laughs> I mean, and if somebody calls me up to do something, I'm like, Oh, do I really have to do that? Um, 
And I'm like, I'm just so boring. Here I am, 46 years old now, and I just don't want... I mean, a big night was in your 20s was going out, getting home at 4 o'clock in the morning. Now, yeah. 4 o'clock in the morning is when I get up when to pee my second up. time. Right. You know? So, <laughs> I, I think of my... Yeah! Oh, we got sound effects! Uh, I'm surprised so I, I haven't used this more. This yeah, no, well, now that I know it's here, right. let's, let's turn it up. So <laughs> I think of myself as this really boring person, and I'm telling these stories about being in some ice bar in Norway. Mm-hmm. And, um, but anyway, going back to the Norway. Well, see, Lord. that's the thing, though. It's, it's, it's different adventures. You know, you, yeah. I mean, going out locally and staying out till 4 in the morning, who gives a shit? It doesn't, yeah. You know what I mean, I, I have no interest in that at all. You know, I like doing unique things. Like, we're going, like, Friday or this Saturday night, we're doing that. A hard rock winter fall. Someone, okay. someone invited us to go. Like, hey, come be our guest and everything like that. I'm like, cool, yeah, we'd love to go. Like, it's black tie. I'm like, we'll get a black tie. So I got to everybody ran on the talks. Okay. Right? So I'm like, all right, cool. But to me, now it's like, all right, you're making this complicated for me because I just like to go to things. Just go. Yeah, yeah, just go and, you know, whatever. But Sat- still, but it's a unique yeah. thing. You know what I mean? It's Sat- cool. I, like, I like going out like that. It's a, like a unique experience. But if people are like, hey, let's go out, let's just party Saturday night and go out all night, and it's like, mm, no, I'm not doing that. I'm I want, I, I, I'll go Give to me a, an event. I'll go to a friend's house for dinner. Yeah. As opposed to going to a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, as I've gotten older, my hearing is gone or it's going after so much on a boat. Right, that's why uh, we provided the headphones. No, right? I appreciate it. Besides, I like to hear myself talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so I like going somewhere. If I'm going to leave my house to see my friends, I want to go and be able to talk to them. Right. I don't want to sit in a restaurant where I can't hear you or you're sitting on the other side of the table and I can't talk to you. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather go to somebody's house yeah. or have right. them come to my house and cook dinner. Well, that actually goes back to more of that tribal experience we were talking about, too. When you're it, cooking and yeah. you're preparing and you're eating meal. That's why eating dinner as a family is so important, too. It's huge. Yeah. And we don't do it enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know when I, when I'm home, that's one thing, uh, me and my, it's not like my girlfriend eats, then I eat. I, I'll, unless I'm doing an event or something, uh, we'll always just wait for each other. Yeah. I'm not home enough to, to want to miss supper. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, and that's I, true. and I love to cook. So, and she loves to eat whatever I cook. <laughs> so she'll wait. <laughs> Tell me about the Northern Lights. Okay. So. Um, the first night we went out to go look at them, uh, it was cloudy. We drove four and a half hours from Norway into Finland to find a clear sky. And what a great adventure. Not at the time, but probably in retrospect, right? So, um, going back to when you asked if most people that travel are Chinese, everybody on that bus was Chinese except for me and my girlfriend. They were all traveling for this. And um, it, it really was, other than the fact that I was in the very back of the bus and it's getting kind of stuffy in there. Uh, but once we got to where were some clear skies, uh, I know, I've know i learned and I, I continue to read about Northern Lights because uh, last year I was in the middle of a fishing tournament and I got a notification that the Northern Lights were going to be visible in the northern United States. Mm-hmm. And like Minnesota? It was actually Minnesota, Michigan, and I think upper New York or like Quebec, that kind yeah. of area. Above the lakes? Uh, yeah, right, lakes. right around yeah. the lakes. And I literally was going to buy, if it wasn't that I was in the middle of this tournament, I was going to buy tickets and fly up there with my girlfriend just to go see it again because yeah. I loved it. You got it. I got to see that. 
Yeah, that's on my bucket list. Yeah. 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 Well, the good thing is if you go far enough north, it's like an every night occurrence. It's just whether it's clear or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Certain and time of year, it's pretty yeah, much it's, every it, night. It's an every night occurrence, but it's it can be different. Like sometimes you can really see them dancing around in the sky. Then there's other times you have to take a picture to be able to see it. Mm-hmm. And I have pictures where... I can see a little bit of dancing, but not that much. And then once I took the picture, it was amazing what was in the sky that your naked eye can't pick up. Yeah. It was just amazing how much color there was that we weren't seeing because the way it was moving. And uh, and it was bitter cold. Mm -hmm. It was bitter cold. Um, It's got to be for that, isn't it? Well, it it has to be only because there's no there's no uh, daylight. So right, yeah. when you have 20 hours of darkness, it gets cold. Right. So it's not, the cold well, it's doesn't. like a summer experience though, is it? Uh, they, no, it's too, too much light. There's too, there's too much light. Yeah. It okay. has nothing to do, it, they're still going on. You, you just right. can't, can't see it. Can't see it. Yeah. Okay. You can't see it. So uh, definitely do it. Give yourself plenty of time. Uh, so this year we almost did it again. Uh, we were looking at, there's a town called, Churchill in Manitoba we were going to go up to, which is right on Hudson Bay. Kingdom. It really is. Uh, and really one of the reasons I looked into it because of the polar bears. My girlfriend has this thing about bears. Oh, she's a, she's a veterinarian. She's really big into, into mm-hmm. animals. And she's an equine vet at that, so it's big animals. Oh, wow. And uh, she's way big into looking at animals in the wild, which is great for me because I love being outdoors. And as much as I love hunting... Uh, I love hunting more than I love killing. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge difference. Sure is. People don't yeah. understand that. Uh, I love being out in nature and watching everything that's going on. And if mm-hmm. I get the opportunity at the right animal, then I'll harvest it. Uh, but I don't just go out killing well, you stuff. You got to do it for the right reasons. Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, at least for me. So um, I found this spot, Churchill, Manitoba. But um, the best time for the polar bears is October, November. Because they all come to the edge of Hudson Bay waiting for it to freeze. And once it starts freezing, that's when they walk across the ice to go hunting for seals. So, Did I ever tell you about the best way to catch a polar bear? No. Go ahead. You have to wait till the lake freezes over. It really freezes over. Right? And you get out to the lake and you drill a hole in the ice. Right? And this baits them in. You got to take a bunch of green peas. I kid you not. You put them around the hole. Right? I'm listening. So the polar bear is going to come up and see this. Right? And when the polar bear comes up to take a pee, you kick him in the ice hole. <laughs> I knew there was going to be a punchline there somewhere. So what are you doing for Christmas? I think we still haven't even bought the tickets yet. We were just talking about it last night. We're thinking of going to, uh, it's a, Man, I can't remember. It's in the UP of Michigan. Um, in the Oh, I'm sorry, not the UP, in the uh, upper, yeah, it's, uh, upper in the Upper Peninsula. Peninsula. Yeah. Uh, and it's called Marquette. Marquette? Yeah, it's uh, it's right on uh, Lake Superior. Okay. Um, and that's where we've kind of narrowed it down to because it's- Why are you it, going there? Uh, because it's cold. 
Oh, okay. I mean, really, just to go, just to go unplug. We found a couple yeah. of log cabins on Airbnb. I've been to Grand Rapids, Michigan once. That's about pretty much really. We yeah, were think, we, we, think, we nicknamed it Medium Rapids because it wasn't really that grand. I just want to go somewhere where I can unplug my phone for a week. I think John liked that show. Did you like it, John? John, John go ahead <laughs> and laugh. That? The Medium Rapids. Medium Rapids. <laughs> medium Rapids. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I just, somewhere I can unplug and it's cold, we can snowshoe for a little bit. And nice. so, my, so my girlfriend, being that I'm an outdoor guy, she just got back from hiking Mount Everest. Get out. Yeah. So she's an outdoor. she go to any base camps? She went to base camp. That's where she went. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah she went to base camp. So that's what I would do. Like, that would be like, all right, I'm here, I'm good. Yeah, she didn't go yeah, any higher. Yeah, no. Um, she did Kilimanjaro a couple of years ago. Very cool. Um, and it's so funny. She's trying to talk me into going to. Sounds uh, like we need to have her on the podcast. Yeah, she's a she's a badass. She really is. I like badasses. Yeah, yeah I like she's bringing a, badasses. She's on the podcast. she's a bad, but she's unlike me. She might do a podcast, uh, but unlike me, she's not uh, very outspoken. She's very quiet. She's not gregarious. She's, I hate to say that she's not gregarious because that just makes it sound like she's antisocial. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, well, she's extroverted. Uh, yeah, introverted, she's extroverted. introverted. Yeah, yeah. Introverted. She's yeah. very, she's quiet. I mean, yeah. when I say she's quiet, she's quiet when we go out. Um, but she's not, when we're together, we're always talking, telling stories. and Yeah, uh, that's easy to do with you. Yeah, it's, uh, and, and uh, actually now, we're going to talk about personal. So, and I'm not, luckily this is a, to. this is a show. I mean, this is a podcast. It's not visual. So. It's, what do you mean visual? Well, uh, nobody can. Oh, bit. we were filming. <laughs> oh my God. Did you not know that? <laughs> Holy shit. This hey. is awesome. Yes. I didn't know. Man, good thing yeah. I didn't pick my nose. You didn't notice the three fucking cameras right there? <laughs> I did, but I thought you were just getting the audio We got three angles. We got you. We got me. We got That's both of us at the awesome. same time. We got a TV up there that so we don't ever use. One of the games that we I love to play is... This is why the hat is so beautiful right oh, now. Oh, I didn't realize that. Come on. That's awesome. Um, wow. We're always trying to scare each That's other. That's hardcore. We're always trying to scare each other. So she's really big. Her one big holiday is, is uh, what's it called? Halloween. Okay. So uh, she actually, one of the things she got me on the other day was she put a, a little, there's a spider sticker. She put it on the handle of the toilet. <laughs> so as I go to flush it, there's a spider. It's a good thing you have thumbs. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to find it. We, went, we circled back around to the brown trout. So she got me. I'm like, oh. Uh, and so she'll come in from somewhere and I'll hide like in a closet just to scare her. Well, she actually, uh, this was last, she puts on a really big, uh, Halloween party every two years. And the reason she does it every other year is because it's so big. There's all these. It's funny fly. I've never been invited to that party. I don't know Neither, I, listen, I've never been. Oh, really? She throws the party. I've never been because I'm always out of the country. So she's planning it for next year. And she's like, I, we might have to do it like October 10th because I'm going back to Australia next year. So we have to, but anyway, let, I digress. Let's go back to this toilet situation. So there's the spare bathroom. I'm in there. I love toilet situations. Yeah. So I sit down on the toilet and right. Well, let, let's, let's really build this up. So the first time I. I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to hold this. Yeah. Hold whenever you need. So. I sit down on the toilet, and there's a box with a doll in it. No big deal. You know, the house is covered in all these different, uh, you know, 
headless horsemen, I mean, werewolves that bark at you when you walk by. I mean, she really goes all out, these animated things. So one day I sit down, and there's a doll in a box. No big deal. Next day, sit down in the toilet, doll's out of the box. Third day, I'm sitting down on the toilet, and just as I sit down, the doll's eyes light up like green. She starts walking towards me and starts saying something. Will you talk to me? Will you play with me? So literally, and I mean literally, scares the shit out of the me. The brown trouts are they're spawning now. Spawning brown trouts. Oh, dear God. Scares the bejesus out of me. This stupid doll, yes. And I'm like, I'm wigging out. So I don't like, now I don't like the, the doll in the bathroom. So I have, to put, I have to put the doll out of the misery. So I literally tie up the doll and hang her from the shower. <laughs> don't say nothing. I hey, just read. What? Oh. You, I, you really? You went there. I can't believe you went there. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and then I walk out and I leave. I don't say another thing. And then I come home. Doll didn't hang itself, by the way. No, no, no. I, ex- <laughs> boom, boom. Come on, shake, shake the jingle out. Uh, that is almost as funny as this white cat lately. I have yeah. saved more of these white cat jokes. Did, did you see the one that said, um, the girl's like, I'm pro staff. And the cat's like, promotional staff. No. Yeah. I love that. that my I, one. I love that cat. That cat has been so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have seen some doozies out of the white cat. Yeah. Um, There's been so, some good ones. I haven't seen many good ones lately. They're all getting kind of. Yeah, they're it's stretched they're, yeah, out. Gonna, yeah, well, it's, you know what? They have so they have uh, the cat has its own page. I know. It yeah, has its own page it. on Facebook, which <laughs> I joined just so I can. I see recently them. saw the history of that. Like I, oh, yeah, I, I researched I, this, I found I, out where that started. There was like one person that they found out that did the first one. Yeah. So I mean, the cat belonged to somebody, and they took the picture, and yeah. the cat had the funny. Then they superimposed the girl. The best one I think I saw was the white cat uh, with Grumpy Cat, and I don't know if you remember Grumpy Cat. Yes. 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 So uh, Grumpy Cat is there and says, "I'm proud of you, my son," and the white cat's like, "Oh, wise one." <laughs> It was great. Oh, my God. It, it was great. Um, so, yeah, so needless to say, the doll kind of, I'm like, there's no way. I'm putting that doll away. But, yeah, we had double-headed kids hanging up. We had, yeah, it was, she she goes all out on this whole That's awesome. Halloween thing. It's awesome. Well, yeah. listen, how are people going to find you? Promote all the things you need to promote right now. Listen, here's the thing. We I'm, got Special Olympics coming in, so I got to cut it off. What time is it? What time is it? It's been, 12. It's Two hours now. Have yeah. we really been talking yeah. that long? Okay, so uh, listen, I'm not trying to promote anything. I'm not well, that just hard. What, I know people so, reach you at, uh, at Fly Zone. What uh, is well, it? actually, just Fly Navarro. Fly Navarro. With Fly Navarro, you can find anything. Just Google it. Um, uh, if you Google me, that, that's another funny story when people say, man, I've been trying to get a hold of you for like months. And I'm like, you're, you're a liar. You're a lying MF because if you really want to get a hold of me, it's not that not hard. hard to find. No, no. I mean, I answer to WhatsApp, DMs, yeah. uh, TikTok, Facebook, you name it, you can get a hold of me. Um, listen, my whole thing is I like to promote fishing. Uh, if I can help somebody, it's, it's my pleasure to do it. 
Uh, and, and I don't care if it's uh, uh, hand lining to spear fishing to catching giant marlin. I really don't care. If I can help somebody get the word out, I'll help it it's out. because you're connected by water, my friend. Uh, I'm connected by just about everything, but right. water it is, yeah, you know. For sure. And so, you know what? I, I really want to thank you for coming on today and giving us your time. No, it's my pleasure. You're a busy guy. Um, you're a good friend. Love you to death. No, thank you yeah. so much. I and, appreciate. Um, I'm. I'm. I was very excited to come do this. Yeah, and um, you know, I I think it's great. I, I wish you guys and your your equine vet um a, a very merry well, Christmas. Uh, yeah. No. Hey, wait till I'm gonna call her up right now and let her know that we were. I was telling her about the uh, the doll. Yeah. No. For sure. I wish we would have started <laughs> off with that. That'd be great. <laughs> I'm gonna have to find the doll. And I don't want to stop talking to you, man. Like, <laughs> I know. And, 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 and I, can, I can't believe I never it's go already, two hours. I never go two hours. I can't believe it's one been time. Two hours. I always go like an hour fifteen. I never go two hours. And I, to be honest with you, if it wasn't cut off, I can kind of tell between the two of you, you could getting a little anxious. Not anxious. I just don't want the camera to die. What's that? Not I just don't want the camera to die. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. But I can. We're running out of bandwidth. Is the point? I never run out of bandwidth. No. No. Technically. Yeah. Well, this is what you do: is you just swap out batteries. Yeah. Uh, simultaneously. So when I lived in Venezuela, uh, because there were so many bites, we would change line every night. So every night we would change line on two rods. We had eight rods. And literally every four days, you just start all over again. So that's what you do. You just change this one out. You're down for 10 minutes. Change that one out. Time. Yeah. So that, yeah. but listen, that we're not here to talk technical stuff. That's not my side. My, see, I told you I'm just a talker. I could talk forever. You're a sweetheart. I love you. I love you, too. Thank you so much for having me here. It was a pleasure. Your ego is not your amigo. Always Uh, do your best and let God do the rest. Always buy all your vehicles at Joey Cardi, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Subaru. Say that again. Always buy all your cars and vehicles at... Uh, See? Uh, I always try to get somebody to say it three times, and I just said, you know, let's just try it a second. He's been doing good with... Joey Cardi, vehicle, Jeep, Dodge. Joey Cardi, Chrysler, Dodge, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Subaru. Wow. And I have a... Brand new Ram Rebel. Out back. Do you really? Yeah, four by four. Beautiful. I love it. Cool. And did uh, you get it from him? I hope I did. No, it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a loaded question. There I we got, go. Yeah, let's get it on tape. We gotta get it on tape. <laughs> right. And then I say, no, no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, we are always connected by water. There we go. Merry Christmas, Fly. Same to you, brother. Thank you. My pleasure. <laughs>